0: What's Your Position podcast may contain adult themes, sexual discussions, and strong language. We want everyone to be educated, but we are intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Live from WYP Studios in Huntington Beach, California, this is What's Your Position? Today's topic, the change we cultivate within. With we'll special guest Lauren from Read Red Rover's Book Club. Either way, it's called reading top to bottom, left to right a group of words together is called a sentence take time off or any headaches mind off or any cramps. And now
1: your host Ashley Weller Welcome fellow humans I have to learn <laughs> He gets so mad. I Welcome test, I test her audio she, ah, everybody humans they love it. They love it. No. You know what's funny is I was listening to some other podcasts trying to like branch out and everybody has a little like, like a little uh, catchphrase that they say.
0: I love the catchphrase. Just no. don't do it right into the microphone.
1: Please. Oh, I'm going to do it right in, right in. Right.
0: All right. So i turned her off. Hey, <laughs> Lauren, welcome to the podcast. I'm hosting it now. <laughs>
1: It's all right. I'll just yell really loud and my voice will get picked up in the microphone. Welcome, fellow humans. Uh, what was that from? Any guesses? Wayne's World. Wait, I thought that was an original. No. No. <laughs>
2: I'll
0: give you a hint. You sent me a GIF from this movie today.
1: Oh, Tommy Boy. Tommy Boy. Nice. Never nice. seen this. David no. Spain. What? You've never seen it? No. Oh and I haven't God. seen the lot. Lot. <clears throat> Oh, that's right. No, we're we're forcing her to watch it. It's okay. It's fine. We've got it under we've got it for, under control. I'm gonna forget that stuff.
0: She's on the podcast. That's ah, what I care about right. today. That's true.
1: Welcome, welcome, Lauren. Hi, guys. Hi. I'm so happy that you're here. So, Lauren is a, a human being. I'm gonna tell a fun story. So, during COVID, no, I'm gonna back this up. When I was a child, <laughs> I was obsessed. Obsessed obsessed with reading i could read i would spend my allowance on rl stein books oh. like i would get my money i would go to the mall we would go into like uh not barnes and noble it was like a like a mom and pop bookstore my friend and i and we would buy the newest rl stein scary books or the babysitter's club mm. or whatever
0: boxcar children oh, i read those
1: i didn't read that oh. actually but um <laughs> i would get lost in books. My mom used to get so angry with me because I could read and tune everything out. And she had a daycare and I had four younger siblings living at home (laughs) and reading was like the, my favorite thing to do. I would devour novels. And during COVID the fuck else you gonna do, right? If you're an avid reader, yeah. But read more because we don't have time to do anything else. And a friend of my, actually somebody who's been on this podcast before, Madeline Meyer, she w- saw my bookshelf and my bookshelf is was massive, overflowing. I had two bookshelves overflowing with just random novels, and she's like, "Jesus Christ, read much?" And I'm like, "Yeah, a little <laughs> bit." She's like well, you should talk to my friend Sage's sister. And I'm like, why does she like to read? She's like, well, she has a book club. And I was like, wait, I have always wanted to be a part of a book club. Is this a real thing? She's like, yeah, here's her. Here's her Instagram. And I'm like, OK. And I messaged Lauren. I'm like, um, hey, I know Sage. And she says you have a book club. Can I be part of it? And you were like, yeah, it's fine. No, like, no problem. I'm like, how many how? OK, this was in. April, April of 2020. When did you start your book club? Wait,
2: May 2020. Which book did you join with?
1: May 2020. May. <laughs> I may have joined in May or June. Of
2: 2021?
1: No, 2020.
2: Wait, we started in May. Of 2020? Yeah.
1: Then I literally joined the next month. Oh, I missed okay. one book.
2: <gasps> wow, since the early days. Mm, oh,
1: gee, up <laughs> in here. <laughs> uh, it was... The most amazing, like, it's the best club I've ever been a, ever been a part of. This book club. It's more than a book club. We're gonna get into it more later, but it's more than a book club. It's friendship mm-hmm. times a thousand. Right? Like, 100 they celebrate. Our, we celebrate each other's birthdays. I got cards from from Rovers for my birthday. Like. <laughs> Ma'am, you got blown the fuck up on your <laughs> birthday. We literally celebrated 12 days of Lormis and it was the best it was 12 days ever. Uh, but I have wanted to have Lauren on the podcast for a very, very long time because her story is so unique and she is so vibrant. She's wearing orange right now, everybody. An amazing sherbet colored dress. And she literally is that color. She is just this vibrant human being. And when I learned about what she's struggled with and what she's gone through and how she's come out on the other side. I was blown the fuck away and intimidated even mm. like I can't have this person on my podcast. She's the president of a fucking world <laughs> renowned book club and she <laughs> is amazing. She, can't, she doesn't want to come on my podcast, but no, she's actually a dear, wonderful person and one of my dearest friends. So I'm really grateful that you're here today. Thank I you. I love you. Thank I you. love you so, much. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm going to start <clears throat> before we get into your story mm-hmm. with my tip of, the day. tip of the day. God, I love it. It's just so good. Like, it's just such a good song. Six non sexual pieces of advice I wish I knew sooner. Don't spend so much time trying to be physically attractive just to impress your your crush. Rather, make yourself mentally attractive. Educate yourself, address your toxic thoughts, deal with your insecurities, and learn how to be happy on your own. That is sexy. How sexy is smart? Um, well I'm not that smart, but You're such a liar. <laughs> Get out of here.
2: <laughs> I think being funny is really important. Yeah. So. And
1: being well read, right? Yes. Knowing a lot of different fun facts. We love to play Jeopardy in our family, and I think that having like trivia knowledge is I think it's fun I think it's really cute. R eighty three? Eighty two?
0: No, I think she's eighty three. Nineteen thirty-eight. What's thirty eight?
1: I don't do math so <laughs>
0: I'll figure that out in a Kay. second neither do I she's, she's she's getting up there she does Jeopardy almost every night and mm-hmm. she pulls words and phrases out of her butt that history I've never, I've never heard of pieces of
1: history that don't exist authors the and books. how did I'm you like, know this
0: what and I, yeah I think it really the
1: French and English war of 1412 <laughs> ma'am <laughs>
0: And then I'll get one that she, she thinks she knows, and I'll get it and go, ha old lady. Oh, my God.
1: Right. Normalize saying no without needing to explain yourself. If someone is offended by your boundaries, that's their problem. Oh. How, do you, how do you feel that? Oh, <laughs>
3: hit
2: me in the feels. Well, I know, right? I've been working on saying no this year, and it's life changing. And it's hard. Mm-hmm.
1: Really hard. It's really hard. Mm-hmm. Robert, do you have a hard time saying no?
0: No, I've had to learn. <laughs> no. Did that on purpose. I, I've I've learned it's 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 hard but after um when my band kicked me out after when I moved back home I started really saying no to things yeah I don't know why that's just that's just what your turning point was Mm
1: -hmm. yeah Yeah. took me a long time to learn how to say no don't just don't subscribe to other people's definition of fun fun does not have to mean drinking partying or socializing fun can be a night in alone getting lost in a book a deep conversation going on a walk creating art playing music fun is yours and you define it ma'am we're in the middle of a podcast
2: it was a reminder
1: to come on the podcast
2: yeah (laughs) no it's book related though i'm a nerd sorry what's
1: the reminder
2: to Bring Danielle Lou's rover pouch to the book festival. This oh, weekend. smart,
1: smart, smart. Yeah. Oh, we love you. We love you, Danielle. Before you get married, discuss bills, parenting styles, credit, debt, how to deal with family, what beliefs you will instill in your children, any childhood traumas you have, sexual expectations that you have, financial expectations, your bucket list, your dream home, political views. Love is not enough. It's not. It never will be. Mm -hmm. You have got to be, uh, pun intended, on the same page and in the same motherfucking book. And you need to make sure that before you take off on this journey of love and, and marriage and children, that you feel the same about very important things. Who does the laundry? How do you split bills? What is your take on, you know... COVID like truthfully this is the person you're going to spend the majority of your time with you kind of want to make sure that you can have a fucking conversation with that person the age of 15 to 30 is a golden era of your life you make friends you lose friends you make mistakes and you correct them You fall, you fail, you learn. You realize that you hit reality. You can fall in love and you can get hurt. You can lose yourself and eventually become stronger. These are some of the best years of your life and you should understand the difference between enjoying it and ruining it. (laughs) (laughs) How old are you, Lauren?
2: I'll be 30 in October.
1: Interesting. (laughs) Heal before having children so your children don't have to heal from having you as a parent. That's my tip of the day. I felt that it was important to touch upon each of those things because today's episode, we are going to get into each of those things in a different way. So first and foremost, I want to give a trigger warning to anybody who is listening we are going to talk about the opi- opioid epidemic in this country. We are going to talk about opiate use. We are going to talk about opiate abuse. We are going to talk about recovery. And we are going to talk about sex. On this podcast? I know.
0: <laughs> dun dun dun. Yeah,
1: I know. It's crazy. Um, also if you hear a noise in the background, it's a fan cause it's balls fucking hot up here and my tits are sweating. So love it. And
0: we're just semi-professional.
1: <laughs> we're just semi-professional. tonight, just, just for tonight. Until we get an air conditioner in the studio. Uh, but I want to just let everyone know if this is a topic that is upsetting to you, just skip to the next part. Cause the next part we're going to talk about smut and erotic novels and that's so much fun. <laughs> Sex. Uh, So a couple points that I wanted to make about opiates and the opiate opioid epidemic in this country Um, where so in case no one's aware there is an epidemic in this country uh, involving individuals who have been prescribed opiate medication whether it be for pain or for um, dental work or for throwing your back out when you're golfing Um, and those opiates are In the 90s, we were told they did not cause addiction. The makers of these pills assured the pharmaceutical companies and the distributors and the doctors that these were pain relievers. They were miracle drugs that were going to stop pain and they actually caused no addiction whatsoever. So prescribers in the 90s started to prescribe them at astronomical rates to anyone who came in with a headache, a backache. I just had twins. I um, stubbed my toe. Like you could get a prescription for Norco or Soma or Vicodin pretty much anywhere. It's like weed. Like you just walk in and get one. And interestingly enough, um, 80% of people uh, who abuse heroin first misused opiate pills so 80 percent of people who switched to heroin were first prescribed opiates by a doctor by a medical fucking professional and then had to switch to heroin in order to keep up the tolerance level. So opiates eventually, no matter who you are, you will build a tolerance and there will become addiction if you are not careful, especially if you have some other mitigating factors like poverty, um, unemployment, any family history of substance abuse, your age, um, how long you're on these substances, problems in your life, mental issues. If you have depression, if you have any other mental health conditions, it can affect how quickly you become addicted to these to these pills. Um, And actually, women are more likely to become addicted to opiates than men because they are more likely to have chronic pain conditions. They are also more likely to go to a doctor, which means they're more likely to be prescribed medications, and they are more likely to be given higher doses of opiates and use them for a longer period of time. Women are also biologically more likely to become dependent on pain relievers than men are. Just biologically. Which leads me to my statistic of the day.
4: It's my start of the day. Ooh. It's my start of the day. Ooh. It's the of the day.
1: So, it's not a very happy stat of the day, but I wanted to just highlight how actually massive the opioid epidemic is in this country. So, I would like you to guess in 2019 the number of people who abused opiate medication that was prescribed to them.
2: Like a number? Like or a percentage. Number. Oh my gosh, I don't know.
1: It's in the millions, (gasps) I'll tell you that.
2: Four million.
0: In the United States? Mm hmm. I'll go 100 million. Okay. That's a lot. A third.
1: Four million. Oh, look at all those pens right there. Look at you.
0: Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor, my pen jar. Just pens.
1: So Lauren said four. 4 million and Robert said 100 million again the question for the listener at home in the millions how many people abused their prescription opiates in the last year Lauren yes welcome to the show Hi. Um, I would like for you if you could to tell me about your childhood where'd you grow up i well we moved around a
2: lot um well do i start like with my parents yeah like start at no the beginning certain... start wherever the fuck you want all right um my mom and dad were married and they had me and then my mom got pregnant with my sister sage mm-hmm. and legend has it that my dad cheated <laughs> on my mom legend with my it. current stepmom. oh and then him and my mom got Divorce. Okay. And so my mom was raising Sage and I when we were toddlers. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then she met my
1: stepdad. How old were you when she met your stepdad? I think I was five. Okay. And yeah. Sage was what? Like two? She was like four. Four? We're really close oh, in Oh, you're age. very close in age. Yeah. Do you have another sister?
2: Ava. They had Ava a few years later. Okay. Um, and then my stepdad has two sons from a previous marriage. Mm-hmm. And then my dad had <laughs> a previous daughter
1: before your before, before you. my mom
2: so I,
1: <laughs> this is sorry fine. mom <laughs> um
2: i think my dad was
1: um a player back in the okay, day okay got it got <laughs> it got it nice
2: and so he had he i think he was married to my sister's mom and then left her for my mom and left our mom
1: for our stepmom and then did they have kids and
2: then they had two kids how many so
1: how many siblings? I
2: think there's seven or eight of us. I've got nine.
1: Oh, beautiful! My story's very similar. I love it's it. like not like that, but like <laughs> my mom was married five times and oh. had lots of kids, and then my dad's been married like three times mm-hmm. and has had lots of kids, and then my stepdad got married and had kids. It's so I hear you. But you have all your best friends. They're all my best oh, friends, so best. it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. So where did you live? Where, what city were you um, living in? We were in
2: Belmont Shores, and then Long Beach, and then LBC. LBC. And then Fountain Valley. <laughs> they say it's a nice place to live, it's but that's been, where I became addicted.
1: So. It is the nice. It's a nice place to live for a lot of people, not for you. But no. <laughs> for no, other it's, people, it's literally on the. Signs no, I know. Going in. Well, for our listeners. Oh no, yeah, you know. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. There's, people, there's
0: listeners that listen it's to the podcast. It's actually the city's Ashley. motto
1: that says a nice place to. It's live. a nice place to live. It's a nice place to live. Fountain Valley. <laughs> A nice place to live. <laughs> and then um,
0: surprisingly, not a lot know. of fountains and not in a valley. Really. And
1: there's no valley. Literally. <laughs> no valleys. There's a riverbed that's empty. Um, what kind of kid were you? Um,
2: I was um, overdramatic and um, I don't know, very hyper, but hyper. I love to read. I was very, very smart when I was younger.
1: <laughs> Still now. Thank you. And then you get to school, you got good grades.
2: Yeah. So it's kind of ironic. I remember I've always been a writer, as you can tell. Um, I've been a writer. And I remember in fifth grade, the D.A.R.E. program. Oh, fuck. Yeah. They came to our school. Oh, yeah. And we had to write an essay Mm -hmm. about not doing drugs. And I fucking won the contest for best essay, baby. And then (laughs) what was your essay about? I don't know. Not doing drugs. And then I became the fucking drug addict. So. Full circle. So
1: dare didn't really work out. No, but it no, was fine. That's fine. I remember they used to send a cop to us. And um, what was his name? I don't know. He had a really good mustache. A <laughs> um, handlebar mustache. He did. He did. He had a handlebar mustache. He was a great cop. And he gave us all fake cop badges and was like, you can tell people that you don't want to do drugs. And then this kid asked me to smoke a cigarette one day. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do drugs. I was a nerd. I was such. I didn't get invited to any parties. Ever. Um, I never smoked. I didn't drink. I didn't smoke weed till I was like 22 years old. I drank when I was like 21. I was just a baby. It was just such a baby. Um, how was high school for you? Were you in drama? Were you in choir? Um, what would you I do? I was. Mm, I was in traveling shocker. choir.
2: Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm a singer. Um, what else? I don't know. Gosh, I don't really remember a lot of high school because I was really fucked
1: up. Okay, so when did that start?
2: Um, okay, so eighth grade I was not overweight but I was chunky I was a little chunky monkey okay then I lost a lot of weight like coming into ninth grade because you
1: went through puberty and life actually happens and that's yeah I was
2: yeah it was a lot to handle and then um I I guess yeah my body was changing during the summer of freshman year and I remember going into sophomore year um and I was experimenting and it
1: was what were you experimenting with
2: oh my god um I'm not a fan of marijuana. Okay. Um, I almost ended up in the hospital with panic attacks. I have some good stories, actually, involving my mom.
1: Oh, God. How old were you? Uh, 14.
2: I was Wait, 14, sorry. you had a
1: panic attack when you were 14 on weed? Yeah. What did you do? <laughs> Fantastic spot for that. What the fuck did you do? This is a really great story.
2: My mom and I laugh about it all the time. So it was Valentine's Day and my first boyfriend ever. His name was Ryan O'Boyle. Um, What's up, Rye? Hey, Ryan. He thought it would be really romantic to get me faded okay. in the alleyway before school on Valentine's Day.
1: Okay, Ryan.
2: Um, not it,
1: romantic, but all right.
2: It was my first time. So I kept hitting the pipe and um, I didn't know it takes a long time for it to hit apparently and I couldn't breathe. And I remember sitting in choir class and I couldn't breathe. So I had to go to the nurse's office and they called my mom and my mom came and she looked at me and she said, You wanna go get in and out? And I said, Yeah, I do <laughs> <laughs> And that's
1: the story.
2: Unofficial
0: sponsor.
1: In and out. Actually sounds really fucking good. <laughs> so she knew you were stoned. She knew I was stoned. Did your mom drink or like do drugs or smoke or anything um, like that?
2: She would steal my cigarettes in high school and pretend to throw them away but they she would hide them by the pool and smoke them
1: (laughs) did your dad do drink or anything like that um
2: I mean they drink casually my stepdad's now a huge stoner
1: okay but so they (laughs) so like your first time drinking how old were you
2: so I was 14 um
1: it was my 14th birthday party there's so many crazy
2: stories like um my family my mom and dad went to Vegas I think and our step-grandma came to watch us. And this is when I just became cool, right? Oh, like, okay. Oh, I was so cool. yeah, now you're cool. And um, Sage was in middle school and we invited to invite the whole school over like football team, like straight out of a movie, right? And I had never drank alcohol before. And I remember we were sitting outside and they had a gallon of vodka. Oh, sky, Jesus Christ. And I was just pounding it like, again, I didn't know it takes time oh, no. for it to affect you. Oh, God. So I was like comatose in my body. I have a scar on my back from when I slid down the stairs.
1: Oh, my God.
2: Yeah. And um, my grandma put me to bed, but she didn't call the cops. She went outside in the garage and told the entire Fountain Valley football team, you guys can stay here, but you better not smoke any fucking weed in my house. So.
1: So they stayed and. Yeah. But they eventually left because it was lame. Well, the birthday girl passed out. So yeah. the first time you smoked weed, you had a panic attack. Yeah. The first time you drank alcohol, you got a Blackout. scar on your ass. Yeah. <laughs> so. Great. And both of these things happened at the age of 14. Yeah. What's going on at the age of 14? I don't know. You don't know?
2: The devil came out of me. No,
1: that's not accurate at all. I
2: honestly, like, I don't really think about it a lot, but, like, I, I mean, it was puberty. Like, I was yeah. trying to find my way in Trying high to fit in? Yeah, it was gross.
1: So, you drank, and then you smoked weed, and then what? You just all of a sudden started fucking buying Molly? Like, how? Yeah. What, how what's going on? How did it progress?
2: Um, My boyfriend at the time, like, he was a nerd, and he was becoming... It sounds so lame to be like, oh, you we were becoming cool. Whatever. We started, like, getting more friends or whatever. So the cool thing to do at Fountain Valley High School was to do ecstasy. Like, ugh, I would at roll school. balls at school. How I a remember- waste of
1: ecstasy. <laughs> Christ. At least be somewhere you can enjoy yourself.
2: But you were with all your friends all day. So, like, it was kind of a party, you know? No. It sounds horrible. It, it does. Was horrible. It sounds awful. Yeah.
1: How so- many times a week would you do this?
2: Oh, my gosh. Like... Almost every day.
1: How do you have serotonin left?
2: I literally don't know.
1: Okay. I wonder how happy like you would <sighs> be as a person if you never did Molly before. Like if you would be just like a I would have to be you would, I think you might have to be. <laughs> <laughs> you may have done yourself not a favor, but like you Fair. really, really like Yeah. Wow. Wow. For how long did that go on?
2: Um, I don't remember, but cool. it was a long time. And then when I was 16 you know he was so romantic. He introduced Still me to him? heroin. Same guy. Same guy.
1: Wait, you went from E. to heroin. Yeah. Legitimately. Well,
2: like we were doing like Vicodin, Norco's, like all that Where stuff. Where were you
1: getting this shit at sixteen? Um,
2: people at school.
1: Cool, cool, <laughs> cool. Note to self: don't ever send any of your relatives to Fountain Valley High School. It's Jesus Christ. It was so bad. I thought Newport Harbor was high, or was <laughs> Newport Harbor high? <laughs> they were high. They were high. <laughs> my art his mom my aunt went to newport harbor high and they would have days where they would go outside and she told this story on like the second episode of this podcast ever and they had tables set up in the quad and one table was the meth table and one table was the ecstasy (laughs) table and one table was the opiate table and one table was the weed table and the teachers just didn't care just kids are just selling fucking drugs out in the fucking quad at break like are you kidding me (laughs) orange county's fucked up up, dude so you and your boyfriend who's so romantic that he introduced you to all the things i hate you ryan um literally started giving like introducing you to pills and do you remember the first time you did a pill um she's like no i
2: I don't know yeah so uh, i don't know i've explained it with people in recovery too like the way that it would affect me (laughs) Husband, hi hi husband mr weller's in the house hi Good.
1: How are you? Good. How was your workout? Good. You're handsome. Wow. Thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) Okay. He's so cute. Uh, This is what happens when you have a studio in your house. Uh, Okay. So explain it to me.
2: Um. Wait. What do you mean? So the pills.
1: How does it? How did it feel the first time you did it? Oh.
2: Um. So like downers. People think you're supposed to feel down and like mellow. No. It literally did the opposite. Like the way I am now is like when I was. Really? I was, I mean, I guess I felt good, but it was like I was on meth or something. Like, I don't
1: know. (laughs) That's so strange.
2: Yeah, it had the opposite effect. Huh. Always. Like, I wouldn't sleep and stuff. Like, mm mm-hmm.
1: So how long did it take you to go from pills to heroin?
2: I honestly don't even remember. Like, I, but I remember it not being a big deal. Like, I didn't think any of it was a big deal.
1: Did your mom not know?
2: Um... (laughs) So like when we, well, it's okay. So I didn't even know I was addicted to heroin until I had to go to my dad. We used to go to my dad's every other weekend and he lives in LA. So we would go on visits and I remember going and I was so sick. Like I was withdrawing and I had no fucking idea that I was even addicted to heroin.
1: You thought you had the flu?
2: Yeah. And I was crying, like writhing in bed, crying and like sweating. And I was just telling Sage, like, I'm just sick. I'm sick. Losing my mind. Did she know? She ended up finding out. And then, so that's kind of how I like got sober, I guess. Like we had the same friends. So she would always know when I was using. So she would tell my parents. So I had to keep it, like make sure like I'd be picking up from somebody and saying like, you can't tell Sage anything. And they'd go and tell Sage and then I'd get in trouble.
1: So when you (laughs) were using heroin, how were you using it?
2: I never injected um, we were smoking heroin.
1: You smoked it. Yeah. You never snorted it?
2: Uh, I think, I honestly don't remember. Probably.
1: Yeah. But. So you, you would, you would use pills and then after the pills didn't, cause then you'd start having to take like 10 of mm-hmm. the pills and yeah. then did you ever abuse like any benzos like Xanax or anything Ooh, like that?
2: Baby, I had prescriptions <laughs> as an adult. Oh, those were some times. <laughs> that was crazy.
1: So you had, so wait, you got clean from heroin and then you switched to benzos. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get to there in just a second. So (laughs) when you were using heroin, how often were you using? So this is pretty, um, this isn't a good thing to brag.
2: I'm not bragging, but I never paid for any drugs. Like this guy was literally my whole bragger. (laughs) 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 Like it's just, I mean, I literally, if, if I were the one responsible for my habit back then, I probably would have been a prostitute. Like oh, wow. it would have led to that for sure.
1: Because you were using often. Yeah. And when did you stop using heroin?
2: Um, I honestly haven't thought about this in the longest time. I think I think I was 18. But then so, OK, the way that it worked, my mom, I would get in so much trouble and she'd say, that's it. I've had it. You're moving to your dad's in L.A. And my dad has like a big house, like a gate, security system, camera. So we it was like prison basically. Jesus. But um I would go over there and I would find ways to come back down. And my boyfriend at the time, another boyfriend, also named Ryan.
1: You need to stay away from Ryan, <laughs> by the way.
2: My little brother's name is Ryan. Well,
1: that's that's <laughs> enough. T- Call I him know. something else.
2: Um <laughs> we were 18 and he was a pilot. He flew planes, so my dad would let him come pick me up on the weekend, and we fucking smoke
1: oxies in the sky, <laughs> like I'm, in the sky, yeah, like. Uh, so you were high in the sky, yeah, literally flying high, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did you go to rehab? Um,
2: yeah. So for for heroin, yeah. So I remember. So I remember I was. How at much my, of your life do you not remember? I remember bits, I don't know, like, I'm really, I don't know, I just haven't thought about this stuff in a long time, and uh-huh. there's, it gets, like, worse, like, it's
1: just. It goes from weed to booze to heroin, and then it gets worse.
2: To benzos, to antidepressants, to, like, alcohol, which was, in the end, that was, like. That was the that one. That was when I hit my
1: bottom. That was the one. Yeah. So, you, how many times have you been to rehab? Um, I
2: think, I'm trying to remember, twice.
1: And one time was just for heroin.
2: Um, They tried to put me in there for heroin. And then I ended up making friends with tweakers. But like, (laughs) you know, recovery, you got to make community. And my dad freaked out and they took me out. And then the last time, that was after heroin. So when I stopped heroin, it literally is all about your mindset. I said, I don't want to live at my dad's. I'm fucking getting clean. I'm going to stay clean. And I did. And then... How was
1: the withdrawal from
4: that?
2: It wasn't like it wasn't super bad. Like it was like, it was just the anxiety. I feel like you're crawling in your skin. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I'm trying to remember, like my dad, they let me move back to my mom's and then I went to my mom's and then I started drinking and I was on antidepressants and benzos, but I didn't know benzos were bad.
1: So you had, so you got put on these medications after you were already addicted to heroin and then you you were sober and your doctor thought it was a good idea yeah to prescribe you xanax so now that i'm like solid
2: we're talking about it i think my family and i don't know if this is like a common conception or understanding like heroin is like the end all be all like that is the worst drug that you can do so of course I guess if a doctor's prescribing me something like they're gonna think right. it's fine
1: so your family's like no it's fine like yeah. if she's being prescribed this medication that makes her feel pretty much the same as heroin but it's prescribed by a doctor it's yeah. totally fine everybody's fine everything's fine yeah. most people actually when they discover that they've got an addiction also discover that they have a comorbid diagnosis of something else so you mm. mentioned anxiety yeah from when you were what five
2: yeah right I feel like everyone has it though I don't know
1: not everyone oh (laughs) I do yeah big time um but and then not everyone goes and says well because of anxiety I'm gonna you know smoke heroin right you know what I mean (laughs) like it's but some people say hey I have anxiety I'm gonna smoke weed Mm -hmm. I have anxiety. I'm going to drink a glass of wine. Right. I have anxiety. I'm going to go to the gym. Mm -hmm. I have anxiety. I'm going to smoke a cigarette. So we can talk about compulsive behaviors all fucking day long and Mm -hmm. we can have people judge us for the compulsive behaviors that we engage in in order to get ourselves through the day. Heroin sucks and it's fucking dangerous because opiates, every person, every person who takes opiates, has the potential to become addicted to them. Not every person that takes a benzodiazepine or drinks alcohol or smokes a cigarette has the potential to become addicted to it. Opiates do something to your brain mm-hmm. where even if you don't have an addictive personality, even if you don't have poverty or are a minority or live in a situation where you've been abused or any a mom. Dude, when I worked for this rehab facility. I will never fucking forget this. I was one of the only normies that was an intake person at a rehab facility. <laughs> and um I ans- I would answer the phone and I would do these intakes over the phone with these people who needed help and I we would have to ask what's your drug of choice and what is the method that how do you use it? Mm-hmm. And this woman called and she was in her late 30s and she, you know, I'm asking her the demographics, do you have any children? She's like I have twins, they're a year old. And I said, okay, what's your drug of choice? And she said, heroin. And I said, okay. Um, And she goes, yeah, I I had a C-section and my doctor prescribed me Percocet. And I realized I hit my bottom because I started selling my twins um, toys to buy heroin. And and I was at the pawn shop today and realized that I was selling my children's toys for heroin. Mm -hmm. So I called. Just so that I can stop doing this. Like this mom, she just had a C-section. That's all. She never had an addiction before in her life. Didn't even drink. Like had nothing else going on. Like just Percocet. Yeah. And like I said earlier, women have a much higher propensity to become addicted to opiates and to also be prescribed opiates, Mm -hmm. especially. But you were never prescribed opiates. No. You were prescribed benzodiazepines. Mm -hmm. Was it Xanax?
2: Um, yeah, it was Xanax. And then I was on antidepressants and those made me go crazy. What? Then which I went ones were you it. on? Um, so I was on the benzos and then, um, that became a serious problem. The antidepressants, I became agoraphobic. Like I thought that people were out to get me. Like I wouldn't leave my house. Like, wow. I would drive around town looking for my boyfriend's car. Like I was paranoid. Like it was crazy. And then
1: were you taking more of your benzos than you should? You were running out before the prescription was gone? Yeah,
2: and I remember calling, like, the doctor. Begging for more. Yeah, like, my sister stole my pills. Like,
1: Would they ever give it to you?
2: Yeah. What? Going to urgent care? But, I mean, this was a different time. Like, this was, like, I don't know, like, eight years ago? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, in Huntington. Like, they would just, yeah.
1: They would just give you a new bottle? Yeah. And then how many were you taking?
2: Um, I don't even remember. I remember being at Main Street with my cousin, and I just kept popping them, like, Skittles and, like, Just Xanax after Xanax. Mm
1: -hmm. Man.
2: And then um, my boyfriend ended up calling my parents and saying, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, she's got to go. So that's when I went into treatment, like rehab. And I lived there for a few weeks and I was doing really well. And I thought it was time that I could come out. (laughs) (laughs) And I came out and it was crazy. So you Mm -hmm. came out
1: of rehab for benzos. Yes. And then you started drinking. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Because you thought to yourself, "Well, I'm not doing heroin, right? And I'm not popping pills. It's not a big deal. It's just alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) How much? It's everywhere, and it's everywhere. Everywhere. Right? It's legal. No no, no
0: prescription on that. No.
1: Yeah. So, at your at your most, what were you? How much were you drinking? Um. Oh. Whatever,
2: until I, my whole purpose was to seek oblivion. Like, I wanted to be done. So after the the rehab thing, then I said, I can't do this anymore. And I moved back to my dad's, I think. Yeah. And then I was there for a couple years. But that was when my drinking became so bad. Like, my little sister was a toddler at the time. And she would play in my room. I could not... If I wasn't at work, I was incoherent. Like, blacked out. My family, like, they put alcohol in the safe like everyone
1: was scared of me. Were you drink were you drunk morning noon and night if you weren't if I wasn't it doesn't work, matter what time it was. I was
2: completely blacked out. Okay. And I was really lonely there. I lived in LA so I would go on dating apps and meet random people. I would go out in Ubers every night like it was
1: really bad. So while you were drinking and you didn't have a significant other at this mm-hmm. time, is this when you sort of expanded yourself sexually?
2: Yeah. <laughs> sorry your fucking face it was fun <laughs> what did you do um okay so one of my girlfriends so on the weekends i would drive down here to huntington uh-huh. she lived here and we would rage and she became a coke addict and a methamphetamine addict okay so we did would you dabble in rage. that as well all of it yeah all
1: of it okay and
2: then that's when her and i started becoming romantic
1: okay after you guys would come down here every weekend and yeah, rage and party and then you guys started yeah. a romantic relationship. Yeah. Is that the only romantic relationship you had with a female?
2: Um, Yes, but I've kissed a lot of girls. <laughs> Did you I like it? I kissing girls. <laughs> I kiss <people laughs> I liked it.
1: What was it about her that made you feel like you could be in a relationship with her since you were like always with men? And mm-hmm. what about that person in that moment made you feel like this is a relationship that I want to have?
2: she was really sick like me and I think that I was ashamed a a lot like everything that I was doing but I trusted her with that and she trusted me with her sickness so we made out (laughs) and went down on each other you did what (laughs) we
1: don't talk about that on this show
2: (laughs) how long did you date her for um, oh my gosh, we were friends for forever. She Okay, let me paint this picture. She looks just like Katie Perry? No, she does not I swear to God. No, she fucking I, You guys, I swear to she's fucking hot.
1: <laughs> I would expect nothing
2: <laughs> less, Warren. God. And she was the cheerleader in high school. Of course she was. And then we both were just messed up people. So you both just based, Did she have girlfriends before you? No, but like we would always we were definitely both attracted to each other and then like it was our party trick like Um, we'd go to the bar and then we'd hook up and then we'd bring a guy home with us. And like,
1: yeah, it was cool. What happened during that time to your body?
2: Um, do you mean when I caught chlamydia? That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) Yep. That's the time. You guys, high rovers that are listening.
1: (laughs) You're seeing this you're hearing a side of me that is It's so real though. It's so real and like It's so true we and need to like talk about you this. do. How old were you? 21, 22 years uh, old?
2: I think I was 23. Did you
1: know that seventy-five percent of all chlamydia cases are in people between the ages of eighteen and twenty-three? Believe it. Seventy-five percent. Crazy. Because you're boning. Yeah. Even without booze, yep. even without coke, even without partying, yep. you're still boning. Yeah. right? And you got an STD yes. from having this relationship do you think that it was from bringing other people in or do you think that she had it and or do you even know um,
2: the guy that I was hooking up with called me and he was like I got this really bad throat infection and I went to play and I got chlamydia and I was like oh
1: my god which is something I would like to mention to the listeners you can get chlamydia of the throat yeah you can and also get chlamydia in your anus you can also get chlamydia in your penis and in your vulva um, but you can get chlamydia of the throat
0: nose yeah ear <laughs>
1: I mean, if you fuck somebody in the ear, <laughs>
0: I mean your, your, sinuses, I'm just, your
1: sinuses are all connected. So, yes, technically, it's an, it's an infection. Prob- and probably eyeball. Probably. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens. I'm not if saying you
0: put the dick in your eyeball, no, but like, no, or like fingers. don't yeah. put
1: the vagina on the it's eyeball. It's
0: like eating hot hot wings and hot sauce. Yeah, don't
1: touch the eyeball. Watch the eyes. Exactly. Just watch the eyes. So you got chlamydia. You yes. went and t- got tested. And did yeah. she have it, too? She had it, too. Yeah. So you both got you didn't have any symptoms.
2: Um I had uh the downstairs discomfort and itchiness and stuff so like that was a red flag and then yeah
1: and then you took medicine mm-hmm. and then it was gone.
2: Yeah. So uh, um just practice safe sex, but if it happens, it happens. Exactly. Literally.
1: You're not dead. Right. Your vulva didn't fall off. Right. And it's fine.
2: Yes, it's still intact.
1: It is and I mean, <laughs> I feel like I feel like it, it it needs to be said you didn't get chlamydia because you did drugs, you got chlamydia because you didn't use a condom, yeah, or whatever, yeah, right, yeah, it's very difficult for girls to use condoms, though there really are no female to female condoms, dental dams, like,
2: but it's still the
1: it's still outside. the outside round? no <laughs> no. <laughs> But you can actually take a condom and cut it in half and lay it on the vulva if you're going to have oral sex. If you don't I'll have a dental you, dam. MacGyver. I like yeah, that yeah, idea. But you, there is no condom for vaginal to vaginal sex. Like There is no condom for like scissoring, which I realize that our lesbian friends don't don't believe in scissoring, but we have a pair of lesbian friends that actually say that that's not a thing. Yeah, it,
2: it isn't. It isn't. It fucking is. It literally, you don't, yeah. No. Yes, it is. There's
0: plenty of video proof on Pornhub. There's I'll so tell much proof. You that.
2: It's all, okay. This yes, is there to is. Fake. Porn is so fake. Like, that's
1: <laughs> your fake. <laughs> I know. Don't crush my scissor dreams. I'm sorry. Okay. We can't have lesbians do day. that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so no, you didn't do that. No, uh, we tried, but like vibrators are really fun. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you can clean your sex toys in between right. each time. So that you don't pass anything back and forth. I mean, yeast infections are fucking awful, just as bad as chlamydia. They're fucking horrible, right? You don't need any of that bullshit. Right. How long did you date her for? Like six months, you said? Um, I, I don't know.
2: It was like off and on. I'd get in trouble. I'd stop talking to her, try to get better, and then we'd end up back together. So I don't talk it to cycle. her to this day. You yeah. still don't? She's got two babies, and I just can't. I'm so scared to end up where I was. It's in a fair. motel room smoking mess. <laughs> I don't want to be there. Which motel? The Motel Six. I so much.
1: <laughs> okay, so you're in Huntington, you're partying, you're doing Coke, you're drinking a buttload, mm-hmm. you're blacked out, you're you're going from mom's house to dad's house. And how long did you sustain this life for?
2: Um, it was two years. So I'm at dad's house, partying here on the weekends and they could not handle it. I they had little kids. My brother and sister were like eight and 10, Ugh. probably younger. And like Sarah would be under my bed and she's like, why are all these bottles under your bed? And I remember flipping out at her because I'm like, this is my secret. Like, shh, like, don't say anything. Oh god! And like I would go next. My grandparents live next door. I'd go next door. My grandpa had passed away from cancer and like I was stealing his meds. Like it was just awful.
1: Have you seen Euphoria?
2: Yeah, and a lot of people are like afraid to watch it, but like
1: how how accurate would you say that portrayal is?
2: Um yeah, but it wasn't like glitz and glam. I feel like that shows like over glamorized
1: a little bit kinda. glamorous, yeah. yeah. I mean, not the episode where where Rue um uh, oh. runs through the streets and uh, that's not glamorous at all. That's one of the no. worst and she's like going to shit her pants and yeah. she's breaking into people's houses cuz mm-hmm. she needs To go to the bathroom and it's it's awful yeah that that episode was heartbreaking yeah
2: like the way that her mom is with her though is like it's really hard like David and I watched it together and it was just really emotional
1: oh David David um I'm gonna ask you uh another question and (laughs) then we're gonna take a quick um our our first quick break because I know you have a tiny bladder um (laughs) when you were drinking do you remember I'm gonna ask you a really hard question okay your lowest moment
2: um, I think so. Um, I was at work. Oh, <laughs> um, where did you work? Oh my gosh. So I had I worked um for the number one um. Oh my gosh, I can't think right now. Judicate West. It's like um. What did, oh my god, I can't think right now. I'm literally blinking out. When you settle outside of court, why am I blanking?
1: Uh, small claims court? No. Um. I had a...
2: Arbitration? Thank you. An arbitration...
0: <laughs> nice, in mediation. dude.
1: Nice.
2: i on
0: the producer. <laughs> Go Google That was all in my head, baby.
2: I know. He didn't even Google it. Arbitration. An arbitration job How at the number one firm. How did you get firm, that job? Santa Monica. Gorgeous. At, like, celebrities, attorneys, at, like, beyond. Were you drunk at work? No, but as soon as I'd, I'd get home and I'd have arm palpitations because I just needed a drink. I was getting sick,
1: but... You would have having DT... Like, you literally yeah. were having the delirium tremens. Like, your arms were, were like, shaking. Yeah,
2: and like, I couldn't, like, function But um. I had just gotten off a cruise and I did a bunch of pills and I didn't know it would take a while for them. I didn't feel them on the cruise, but when I got back home on land, I was at work and I thought I was having a heart attack for 24 hours and I couldn't tell anybody that I thought my heart was going to pop out of my chest because I was withdrawing from alcohol and then the pills were like, I think I was ODing, but I don't, I don't
1: know. So you're
0: saying the pills kicked in later? Like they didn't work on the cruise, but then when you're in the middle of work,
2: I, Got almost kicked off the cruise. The captain cut me off and had to walk me to my door. Oh, so the
0: pills did work on the cruise. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: gotcha. But you
1: were uh, withdrawing from whatever other pills uh, you were on.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, gotcha. Who were you on the I cruise? That Who were you on the cruise with? Um, another boyfriend. That was the boyfriend of the time.
1: Okay, and you—you you thought you were going to. His name n- was Ryan. What was his no, fucking no, name? Warren Michael. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. We don't like that <laughs> name anyway. His middle name was Ryan. Um, Probably. was that the boyfriend that? caused the uh, other thing?
2: Which thing? The oh, which thing? You can say.
1: Well, I don't want to because um. I want them to come back.
2: Oh, no. That was Dr. Wallace.
1: Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. <laughs> damn all right so you went on a cruise with a guy you took a bunch of fucking pills the captain cuts you off escorts you back to your room you Mm -hmm. get off the boat you go to work Uh you're withdrawing from whatever the fuck you took on this cruise and all of the alcohol that you drank and you you're pretty much withdrawing so badly that you are like seizing out
2: i thought i was gonna die did you go to the hospital no i laid in bed and waited for everything to come off but there was a girl there who i worked with and she knew that i was suffering so I I look I looking back I think that I was ODing and I just didn't I don't know.
1: Was that the point that you decided to stop everything?
2: Yeah. Every day was just hor- No, that wasn't the day.
1: Damn. <laughs> that was
2: like a low point. <laughs> it's
1: Wow. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, you're going to tell us the day that it turned around. Okay. And then we're going to talk about the day that you met Dr. Wallace. Ooh! I know. I'm very excited. (laughs) Come on back. to get something off your chest, have a burning sex question, call now for a chance to be live on air with What's Your Position. 513-6969-SEX. That's 513 6969 69739 We will answer your questions, hear your comments, and play you live on air. Call us soon.
0: your position's sexy moment in tv and movie history
3: i'm gonna be a grandfather you happy about that absolutely delighted this, this is, is a disaster <sighs> no this is not a disaster it is. an earthquake is a disaster your grandmother having alzheimer's so bad she doesn't even know who the fuck i am that's a disaster this is a good thing this is a blessing i have a vision for how my life would go and this Definitely is not. Is this your vision? Are you living your vision right now? I am kind of living my vision. Wow, that is sad. I'm telling you, (laughs) life doesn't care about your vision. Okay, stuff happens. You just got to deal with it. You roll with it. That's that's the beauty of it all. I just don't get how I tell the kid not to do drugs when I do drugs. I'll feel like a hypocrite. Well, remember what I told you when you were a teenager? What did you say? I said no pills, no powders. That's right. That's Right. right. If it grows in the ground, it's probably okay. I mean, I guess it worked like you told me not to smoke pot all those years, and then I found out you were smoking pot that whole time. Not the whole time, just in the evenings and all day every weekend. (laughs) Not that much. Honestly, though, when you look at me, do you not think at all like, oh, if he just never existed, I would have avoided a massive heap of trouble, you know? Absolutely not. I I love you totally and completely. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. I'm the best thing that ever happened to you? Yeah. Now I just feel bad for you.
1: Aww. Is that from Knocked Up? Correct. Woohoo! <laughs> He's talking to his dad, right?
0: Yeah, uh, the late Harold Ramis. Aww. It's one of my favorite, my favorite pieces of advice, especially for kids. Don't 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 start doing drugs till you're late. <laughs> right oh, there. Hello. 21, 25, in your 20s, <laughs> in your 20s. No pills, no powders. And it grows from the ground. It's probably OK. Right. That's my that's my thing. It's great. It's, Harold it's Reese a is a genius. Mushrooms you are good.
1: Tobacco. Eh. Wacky tobacco.
4: Wacky
1: <laughs> tobacco. Uh, OK. <clears throat> you. Almost died by going on a cruise and ingesting massive amounts of pills, mm-hmm. you came back, you thought you were having a heart attack
4: mm-hmm.
1: and you thought to yourself, I'm going to go drink some more.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's how it <laughs> happened. What, what brought you to the end of your addiction? What brought you to the end of, of your abuse of substances?
2: Um, <sighs> March 2018, it was St. Pat- yeah, Patrick's Day. I was out with friends um, and we were at a bar and I ended up drinking too much and I did some cocaine and um, I got arrested. Oh, um, <laughs> did you really? Yeah.
1: Whoa. Um, Why did you get arrested?
2: M- I we went back to the room and I was so messed up. I don't remember much. And my friend had gone to work and I woke up in the middle of the night. And I thought she was kidnapped. So I went banging around all the hotel doors and waking everybody up saying, where's my friend? And they called the police lobby.
1: So di- <sighs> disturbing the peace? Sure. I guess.
2: How long were you in jail for? Um, like a night. And I'm sorry. I remembered when we were having our little discussion. I had a DUI back in the day, too. So OK. I forgot that.
1: Too. OK. All right. Did yeah. you how, how much did that cost you?
2: Um, I, it wasn't a lot. Like ten thousand for a year? No, it's way less than
1: that. Oh God, (laughs) really? (laughs) Yeah. I know a lot of people who got DUIs. That's like ten, twelve thousand dollars before they can get it off their record. Yeah. Is it off your
2: record now? Um, I don't know. I didn't go back to court to make sure it was off. But it's probably I did all my classes and oh, good. Okay, perfect. Then you're probably
1: fine. And then So while you're in jail, you got arrested for disturbing the peace, Uh and that's what made you stop.
2: And then my mom picked me up and that's when I was like, I I literally can't do this. And then that's when my road to sobriety began.
1: You said something interesting at the break. You said that you really loved having a secret. Mm -hmm. You really, really liked going to work with all these high powered attorneys and all these celebrities and, and, and you had this secret hedonistic lifestyle that they didn't know about. Do you honestly think they didn't know? Um,
2: I think towards the end they could tell that I was always really hungover or messed up, but mm-hmm. I I was so delusional back then. I was broken.
1: What was what were your parents doing?
2: Um, tr- well, my dad. Well, when I was living at my dad's in LA, he was trying to help me, and you know they would catch me when I would try to be sneaking out. When I'm in my twenties, sneaking out of my parents' house yeah. to go get drunk and have sex, like yeah, it was bad. But um, they kept trying, but I mean they can't they couldn't do anything.
1: I kept getting out. What? So you got in the car with your mom and what snapped?
2: Um, I just broke down. I was crying and, and she said, if you're serious this time, you guys, this is probably like the 15th time, honestly, like, you know, since I started using drugs in high school when I, I was like, Would I'm break done. down and say
1: you're done. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, she said, you know, we'll let you come stay with us here in Huntington beach. They lived in the Harbor Uh-huh. and I said, okay, let's do it. So I did. And, <laughs> that was the best like getting my 30 days like my mom and dad would drive me every morning to the beach and we'd go to the huggers meeting the AA meeting <laughs> at the tower huh. and they would sit there on a towel with me and I was broken and sick and they would just sit there with all these fucking alcoholics and addicts and they would help me and like they got me through my first 30 days for sure
1: that's amazing yeah and then from that point forward
2: uh-huh they gave me three strikes Okay. And I struck out three times. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You think it ends there? No. <laughs> okay. What was your first strike? Um, I went to go hang out with somebody and then I ended up drinking. Okay. And then my parents knew when I got home the mm. next day. Mm-hmm. Then the next time, same thing. Then the third time, same thing. And then by this point, I kind of had a community. I was going to Thursdays on PCH. Okay. Um,
1: You're going to meetings. To
2: meetings. Yeah. And then he just builds community and friends, sober friends. And I remember it was like my last ch- My dad, it was like 10 in the morning. And I didn't even have enough money to go to the fucking liquor store and get like a 99 cent bottle of vodka. Like the little mm-hmm. shots. Like I just wanted, I was sick. Whatever. So they said, pack your shit. I put all my stuff in my car. And I went to a meeting and somebody said, hey, have you heard of Next Step Recovery? It's in the harbor. Like just go check it out. So I went to work. And then I went to the house and it was sick. Like mansion in the harbor <laughs> and there's all these girls and they're so cool. <laughs> and they're like, it'll be a thousand dollars a month because you're not using insurance, da da da. And I was the only girl there who was working a full time job in healthcare. Like I was I mean, I seemed normal on the outside, you know?
1: Yeah. Um You had a big, big secret. Yeah. <laughs> you had a so, big, big secret. You were literally you. Yeah. You who you are now. Mm-hmm. On drugs. Yeah. Which is nuts I, to me. I, people, like, even That's now, nuts. I like, I Could would, you imagine me, no. like, fucked <laughs> up? No. no. Yeah. Like, I can't. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, I would have thought that you would have been, like, this, like, subdued, like, totally passed out. Like, not... You literally were the same person, mm-hmm. just on drugs. Yeah. Were you ever mean to people?
2: Um, yeah. I betrayed a lot of people and was I was just gross I li- I was trash <laughs>
1: mm. you know how many people did you have to make amends to
2: um
1: <laughs> so lot.
2: yeah I'm doing like living amends I mean I don't talk to people who I was using with like mm. that girl I, I can never see her again I saw her at Kohl's and I had a friggin' panic attack like oh, honey I just I cannot allow any of that to invade my peace
1: Not worth it. Absolutely not. That's a big fat boundary. Um, they say on Mm -hmm. average that it takes a person six times before they truly get sober and like real, like that's an average is six times before there's like a real kind of reckoning within yourself. And some people don't make it to six. Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately, uh, how, okay. Because, because you, when, what's your sobriety date?
2: um August 1st 2018
1: So you were not in the heroin scene when it turned into fentanyl. No, I wasn't. Thank God. Yeah. Um because synthetic opiates are actually some of the worst things in the entire fucking world. Um about 48,000 Deaths each year are contributed to overdosing on synthetic opiates. Um, And there's about, let's see, 70,000 people who died from drug overdoses. So if 70,000 people died from drug overdoses in 2019 and 48,000 of those were from synthetic drugs, that's like two thirds. Two thirds are from the synthetic opiates that are and and it's everywhere they're putting it in coke they're putting it in meth they're putting it in mdma i mean it's it's ev- it's everywhere it's terrifying mm-hmm. this fucking epidemic now it has reached a peak of epic proportions and i'm so grateful that you got out when you did because mm-hmm. it's so scary like one line of coke now can kill you
2: all those people at Coachella. Like, I was just I, thinking that. I, that's, no. I was
1: just thinking that. Like this weekend, I wonder how many, like, if they're going to yeah. even report any of that. What happened in August of 2018 that made you get sober and say sober?
2: Uh, oh, my gosh. I don't remember. I mean, it was the same story. I messed up and I literally, all my belongings were in my car. And the guy that I was dating, I couldn't go back there. What's his name, Ryan? No, it was Michael.
1: Oh, same guy. <laughs>
2: nice. Um... He wouldn't even let me go to meetings because he didn't trust me. He thought I was out having sex with people. Oh, no, that's
1: an addiction yeah. relationship that right there. That was toxic. That is toxic. And that's very yeah. Brittany.
2: <laughs> Woo. Yeah. God. So I went into that house next step in Huntington Beach, California saved my life. Mm. I had the best, most spiritually enlightening, just like I found myself. And yeah.
1: How long were you there for?
2: <laughs> I was there. Well, I, I'm... I've been sober since that day, August 1st. Um, But Dr. Wallace and I met.
1: At that house?
2: No, when I I was going to meetings. Jesus Christ. I was like, (laughs) why
1: was he at the house? How long did you live at the house?
2: Well, I lived there for almost 60 days, but I was dating Dr. Wallace and he was, we got a place together, which you're not supposed to do in sobriety. All
1: right. So you, okay, we're going to move on to Dr. Wallace. Um, You did a bad no-no thing. You did a no-no thing. So, for those of you who don't know, in the world of recovery, there is an unspoken rule that you are not supposed to get romantically involved with anyone for the first year of your sobriety. Now, husband Kevin Weller got sober in 2000, and oh fuck, eight, nine, 2008. And I left for a year. Because it was very, very hard. If you want to hear Kevin Weller's story, it's in season one. It's called Kevin the Cunt. It's a great episode. (laughs) He got sober and me coming from a family of addicts, knowing this man can't get sober because I'm a codependent fuck. I got to go. I left for a year thinking you can't be in a relationship with anybody except yourself. And I went and tortured myself in Seattle for a year and then came back here. And the rest is history. How, my darling, did you think, why did you think this was a good plan? How did you know that this was going to work out in your favor? You are at a sober living house. You have tried this 15 times. You are surrounded by women, you're having this spiritual experience, and then you walk into an AA meeting and handsome Mr. Wallace, he's not really, spoiler alert, he's not really a doctor. <laughs> Dr. Wallace is there at this meeting and what, the, the clouds part, time stops and you say, fuck the rules, I'm going to hook up with this guy, even though we're both just newly sober?
2: <laughs> um, so he was best friends with my sponsor. And Not cool. I know, I know. Not cool. And she was pissed. She I was bet. So bad. But like it's um, yeah, I don't I don't recommend it. I don't know how I got so lucky, but like honestly, from the day that I got sober, like everything has like, God's blessed me. Like I, I there's no other way. Like I look at where I am today and I
1: literally don't know how I got so lucky. How long had he been sober?
2: Uh when is he's seven months more on me. So January, like January. Yeah, January 10th.
1: Okay, so he was almost at his year mark. Mm-hmm. Was he uncomfortable dating you, knowing that you were newly sober?
2: Um, I don't know. He's so respectful. Like, people trip out because we're very opposite. Um, he He's very, like, reserved, but, like, respectful. He's 10 years older than me, guys. I recommend getting an older guy. 10 um, years? Yeah. Ma'am. So, like, I don't know. I just... I said, sure, why not? And I don't know. It just, it really worked out. Like, How
1: long before you started dating did you have sex?
2: Oh my gosh. Well, you know, when you're at Sober Living, you can't have somebody of the opposite sex there. Right. So we used to have sex in his Chevy. We used to go on the beach those those were the times of my life
1: so sex is a basic human need by the way just for anyone who is fucking wondering it's on the maslow's hierarchy of needs twice mm-hmm. it is such a basic human need that it's on there two times and in addiction it often it often gets overlooked or blamed a lot of the time for the addiction right mm-hmm. people will say oh well, when you were, you know, using, you had a lot of sex or when you were using, you were very promiscuous or when you were using, you got chlamydia or whatever the fucking case may be, where in actuality, you can't really say one caused the other. How do you know that even if I was sober, I wouldn't have had sex with that right. person? Like I might just be a sexual human being. Yeah. And sex is a basic human need. So while you're in recovery, they tend to tell you to make this sexual mm-hmm. uh, list of of things that you need to like, apologize for, mm-hmm. things that you need to be accountable for. And I kind of feel like, I'm hot take, hot take, spicy, as Bunky would say, spicy take, uh, I kind of feel like AA shames people uh-huh. when it comes to sex. And I don't like that. Yeah. Do you do you agree or do you feel like I'm an asshole?
2: Um, no, I think that you're right. So I um, never finished my 12 steps. Oh. Yeah. Um, I kind of have some feelings about aa i think Go, oh please tell me <laughs> i have so many <laughs> okay huntington beach is a whole scene social a scene. Whole scene so think about that like you're brand new you're at your lowest low and you're in a room full of mm, good-looking intimidating people you know mm. and you're supposed to just be transparent and confide in them with your deepest darkest se- secrets right there are cliques in AA mm-hmm. worse than high school mm-hmm. and these are older people like in their 60s like in their 40s like whatever and it's just it made it was very intimidating.
1: How long did you do a, do you not go to meetings anymore? Um, No okay we
2: don't but uh, I did it from March 2018 until probably like December 2018. Okay. How long is that like seven solid months? I yeah. Think. But we were going like, I had to go, it was part of my house requirement. Like I had to go to a meeting every sure. day. Sure. Um, but I didn't finish my steps, but so at the bot, at the end of the day, like from what I take from the steps and getting sober, be a good fucking person. It doesn't matter what you did. Like I just be a good person Be accountable. Yes. And don't dwell in your shit. We all fuck up, but like, don't, beat yourself up and make yourself sick over it. Take accountability for what you've done.
1: Right. Make apologies when necessary. Be a grown up about things. You know, be a good fucking person. Mm-hmm. Does Dr. Wallace go to AA meetings still? No, he doesn't. Does he have strong feelings about AA as well? Um, I mean, similar.
2: I, he finished his steps. He did everything he was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Not what he's supposed <laughs> well, <laughs> to do. Don't say that. The 12 steps and all that oh, stuff. Oh, God. But, I, I mean, it is kind of it's like a scene. So the way that I look at it is you're addicted to a substance when you're using. Then you get sober. Then you're fucking addicted to meetings. I'm sorry. You're that's addicted exactly to meetings. exactly what I feel. Like, that's what it is.
1: Exactly how I feel. And it
2: just became too and much. And
1: now you're addicted to books.
2: Sick <laughs> with it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah.
1: So how long have you and the good doctor been together? Almost four years. Okay. Uh, how was sex sober? Um, this is gonna be fun for you to listen
2: I'm to so and give excited. me advice. I'm so excited. So Dr. Wallace is the first guy that I can cling to about never being able to have an orgasm during sex. Interesting. And he's the only guy who's ever
1: like Did you have an orgasm with the girl? I mean, because we were using toys. Okay. So you've had a clitoral orgasm. Oh yeah. That's the only way that I can come. Gotcha. Same with 85% of women. Oh, I love that. By the way. I love it. Nobody You're talks welcome. about it. That's fine. I do. <laughs> 85% of women can only have clitoral orgasms. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um and he was the one that encouraged me like whatever you need like you know. So he encouraged the toys and like
1: the porn and stuff
2: in the bedroom. Mhm.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and he's patient. So
1: Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. Better than the sex you had when you were using. Yes. 1000 times better. 1000 times and you communicate you guys talk about your sex life you talk mm-hmm. about your past he knows yep. you've been with a woman he doesn't care no
2: and i would love to have a threesome <laughs> but i'm so scared i'm so the jealous fuck are you scared of? i literally would i'm so jealous i
1: can't i um, love the
2: idea of it but like
1: oh you're too jealous to have a threesome
2: i would be so insecure about what like what if he likes her more like ma'am you know? i know ma'am
1: Ma'am, I'm going to have a consensual non-monogamy, a.k.a. threesome podcast. You can listen to it, and I'm then sorry. you can make your decision. Okay. Because <laughs> I don't think that you need to be worried about that, because I'm pretty sure he worships the ground that you walk on. I would hope so. You've been with him for four years, you said? Yeah. Okay, and he has a daughter. Yes. And, she, and she loves you. Yes. Yeah, she's fucking precious. She's the best. Um, you went through um, a tragedy with Dr. Wallace mm-hmm. did that tragedy make you want to use again
2: I didn't even think about using Really? Uh-huh. Okay, so
1: okay, so explain what happened.
2: Okay. So um I my okay. So my my dream has always been to be a mom. I wanted to be a mom like my mom was be a stay-at-home mom. Like uh, that's my dream is to have kids. And when we were early in our relationship like I n- had never had an accident or any of that stuff. What my friends were telling me. So I, <laughs> this is bad, but like, I thought that I had something wrong with me. Like, sure. Because like, you I had never gotten
1: pregnant and you were having unprotected sex. Yeah. And you and thinking to yourself, how can I have so much sex and not have ever gotten pregnant? Yeah. Okay. And even with Dr. Wallace, like I wasn't on the pill or anything and like
2: we weren't being safe. And like, I wasn't getting pregnant for months. So I'm like, Oh, something's wrong. Like whatever. And then it happened. And, it like rocked our world and it wasn't How like
1: deep into the relationship.
2: Um, I, Oh my gosh. I think it was well over a year, mm-hmm. but, um, I ended up, we went to an ultrasound too early and she was like, no, like there's no heartbeat. Right. So I had to do the DNC and all that. Yeah. But honestly, <laughs> It was a blessing. Of course, it, yes. And of I course. didn't know until now. I'm not ready.
1: No, Mm-mm. no. And and mm. you had just been newly sober. Right. Like that, you still needed time for you mm-hmm. and time for your relationship to to move forward. Yeah. The universe had other op other opportunities <sighs> for you. Yes. And it wasn't. It wasn't like you had a. Um. It, it it's almost as if it just didn't. It didn't implant. Right. right? It it didn't take into the lining and so there was it you tested positive for pregnancy but then there wasn't a pregnancy mm-hmm. and so you had to do the dnc which mm-hmm. is in other podcasts is where you you actually didn't take the pills you actually went and had the had the, the surgery. Surgery. Mm-hmm. God.
2: and then also like i think that's really opened up my eyes to like miscarriage is such a common thing like my oh, stepmom yeah. was telling me like we had all these like just women talking about it i think it's yep. getting normalized but
1: Yep. I didn't know that back then. So many women actually have miscarriages and don't even know it. Right. Like people have heavy periods mm-hmm. or like will start their period early and be like, oh, that's weird. I'm starting my period early. And it's like, no, actually, that's a miscarriage. That's yeah. you didn't know you were pregnant mm-hmm. and you weren't necessarily pregnant with a fetus. Right. You had a sperm and an egg get fertilized and then they didn't implant. And now your uterus is just shedding that lining because mm-hmm. it didn't take. It didn't implant for whatever reason be it chromosomes be it not enough lining in the uterus be it not the right time and the universe is granting you a hall pass right in that regard yeah could you imagine if you had a two-year-old right now
2: I literally couldn't no <laughs> no
1: <laughs> no but you want kids yeah so are you on birth control now no are you being precautious
2: um This is always an awkward question. Like, does that mean he doesn't come in me? Because if that's the answer, no, he doesn't come to me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So you use the pull-out (laughs) method. Yes. Okay.
2: It's
4: not
1: the safest method,
2: right?
1: But it's also, you know, it's better than nothing.
2: Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. I can't be on any medications because I will. I'm afraid I'm going to lose my mind.
1: No, seriously. (laughs) You were on antidepressants and benzos. Mm -hmm. You lost. I mean, there are women who are so sensitive to med Mm -hmm. to medications that they cannot be on any. Yeah. So you don't. Like, if you have a headache, you don't take anything.
2: I'll take ibuprofen.
1: That's it.
2: Mm-hmm. But, like, I have to get my wisdom teeth out, and I'm dreading it because I, I can't take medication.
1: I'm allergic. So I'll tell you a little side note. I'm allergic to opiates. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking harsh allergic. Like, I thought I was having appendicitis. It was actually an ovarian cyst <gasps> rupturing. Went to the emergency room. I'm in so much pain that I can't see. Like I drove myself to the emergency room and I was almost blacked out from pain. It was so bad. And I got there and they immediately put an IV in my arm and gave me morphine and I vomited everywhere in the the ER. Like I cannot take opiates ever so when I get my wisdom teeth I've gotten them taken out in two sections one side and then the other side I mean Mm -hmm. I couldn't I broke my finger once and I couldn't have opiates Mm -hmm. you just get you just get through it right you just do yeah it's not that bad yeah it's really not (laughs) like you think it's bad but they'll put you to sleep for the bad part the rest of it you take a fucking Tylenol right you'll be fine yeah you'll be fine I promise when you had your miscarriage the thought did not cross your mind like this is I'm gonna go use I need to numb this pain was it was it a a seriously painful thing to go through
2: no and it's funny because um my mom I remember driving home and we're driving down pch and she was like looking at me weird and I was so talkative like like chatty and she was looking at me weird and she goes Lauren your body's like this is the first time you've had so I was put under or whatever she's like this is the first time you've had any medication in your body so I I don't know if I was ha- you know what I mean like, yeah and I didn't even know like but she was
1: yeah she could tell
2: <laughs> yeah and like I didn't even think about it until recently like that was the last time that I had anything in my body
1: since since August of 2018 have you had any desires to drink or to use or to do go back to that Mm -mm. sort of no
2: I literally don't even think about it and it's so fucking crazy because I worshipped worshipped alcohol like I worshipped it like it was my son my son and my sky and like I don't even think about it I can be around people and even I'm like, having
1: a beer right now. I'm literally <laughs> being an asshole and having me. a beer right the fuck now because yeah. I honestly thought that your drug of choice was opiates. Yeah, so I'm like, well, there's no <laughs>
4: fucking opiates here. <laughs> I'm allergic. We don't do opiates
1: in this house, so I'm gonna crack a beer. And then this bitch says, "By the way, alcohol was my sun, moon, and stars. Thank you very much." Called Rogo. <laughs> wow. Well, cause and it was here I am drinking a fucking IPA. Sorry. It doesn't even faze me. How's Dr. Wallace? Is he sober and happy? And it's yeah. just you guys talk about, do you guys talk about your sobriety? Do you do your it's own just, kinds of meetings together? Like, do you No, It's just who we are. Like,
2: I think it's so crazy that that was my life. Like even talking about it right now, like what the hell?
1: Like it's I'm, a different person.
2: I don't even, I don't even think about it anymore. Like it's, I would never drink again. Like I could have a family member die and I will never use or drink. I say that now, but I, 100 but you just know. know like that's just how it is it's not even an option
1: you think you and dr wallace are gonna get married
2: yeah and like i want to ask you what do you think of like culture like pressure for people to get engaged and get married like, oh
1: i think it's bullshit
4: thank
2: you i don't give a fuck and like i have friends ask me all the time and i'm like we're so happy right now, dude, I dude we
1: i was <laughs> kevin and i dated for 10 years before we got married okay fuck it yeah who the fuck cares yeah get married or don't yeah i just wanted to have a party so that <laughs> i could be like hey i love this guy and the yeah. guy was like hey i love that chick and then i wore a really cool dress and we went to yosemite and we had a party and it was a great party right
0: oh i'm sorry are you guys are in the podcast or- <laughs> what was the question
1: it was a great party my wedding yeah
0: oh yeah if you guys haven't been to yosemite go to yosemite
1: got kick-ass yeah. party great. just have a party yeah to celebrate your love mm-hmm. yeah that's it you and you still want to have kids yeah and probably like
2: a couple of years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because right now you're very busy.
2: I am um, I had a different kind of baby. You did have
1: <laughs> a different kind of baby and COVID forced this baby Yeah. It did, right? Yes. Yeah. We're going to take.
0: COVID impregnated
1: you? (laughs) Gross. That's disgusting. (laughs) We're going to take a break. Sorry, guys. No, it's fine. Just, you know, pay attention, producer. Uh, We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about Lauren's COVID baby. Um, We're also going to talk about smut. And we're also going to read you some sexy, sexy smut from uh, really hot and heavy books that are. Uh, Just, you know, get the juices flowing. Basically, what I'm telling you is that you could read smut. By the way, I am part of a side book club with members of the Rovers where we read smut on purpose it's amazing she's cheating on you what I'm cheating on you with some of the rovers and we read smut on a regular fucking basis you're living a double life I'm living a double life and I'm sorry I'm telling you now okay live on the air I'm sorry we read books without you Um, we're gonna read some really intense (laughs) smut quotes so come back real soon
4: Hey everyone, it's Corey and Robert from the So So Scrutiny Podcast. A little background on us: I've been a school teacher for seven years. I have a brand new
0: baby, and I love to read. And I've been working in the film industry for the past six years. I don't want kids, and the most reading I do is Netflix captions. Every week, Corey and I scrutinize movies, music, video games, food, and everything in between.
4: We have some of our closest friends to stop by to scrutinize stuff with us and share their stories. Plus, some amazing musicians we know like the Dares and
0: Jordan from Newfound Glory. I also invite some incredible filmmakers I've had the pleasure to work with on the podcast to talk about their careers and the industry. Download the So So Scrutiny podcast for free
4: on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcast
0: platforms. Or visit SoSoScrutiny.com for every episode, videos, merch, and more. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Robert. I'm Corey. The So So Scrutiny podcast.
1: your position, we have Lauren, one of my favorite human beings on the fucking planet, huh? talking to us about her amazingly dichotomous life, like literally two sides of a coin. It's it's an amazing adventure that you have been on and a, a deep lesson that you have learned. I feel like you aged before you even aged, like you actually went through an entire other lifetime. Yeah. You, like you got two lives. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like that?
2: Yeah, and I'm living my best one now. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck
1: <Forget you. laughs> uh, What did you want to talk about, producer?
2: Oh, I just
0: wanted to mention this. Uh, this this song is from Boys Night Out. The album is called Trainwreck, and the singer it's, the whole album is about him going through addiction and rehab, and then coming to the light. And this is like the middle of the album. He's going into rehab and not believing the doctor, and telling the doctor, wow. "I'm fine," but doesn't believe him. Kind of. It's a Great concept album. Yeah. So, Boys Night Out. Check them out. Boys
1: Night Out. Um So, <laughs> tell me about the Red Rovers.
4: <laughs> You're so adorable. I love you so much.
1: Where did this come from? Where did it, how did the inception start? Um,
2: I love books mm-hmm. and I did, I've always been a reader, but I couldn't really remember what I was reading because I was so um, belligerent all the time. Mm-hmm. So when I got sober, I found, um, you know, just happiness in books, like you were saying, like yeah. you get lost. And yeah. um, I my mom's best friend had told me like on my Instagram, like in my stories, I just say, oh, just finish this book and I'd write a review. She's By like the you. way,
1: <laughs> your reviews are what I live for. Like, I live for your fucking reviews. They're, somebody needs to fucking hire you to write reviews for books. That's what you need to do for a living. Thank is, you so much. Yep, put it in mm-hmm. the universe. Putting it out into the universe. Speaking your
0: reviews. Uh, you can do some reviews on iTunes for <laughs> What's Your Position podcast. Did you know that right, no, one's,
1: no one's left a review.
2: I think you get a couple. I think you're going to have one tonight. <clears throat> I think, hold on, let me look. I think I've
0: looked. I don't think we have any. I think you got like two, and they're not from me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thank God. Are they from Kevin? No, he doesn't Ke- run reviews. Kevin the cunt? Kevin the cunt. He doesn't run no. reviews. No. Um, so you, you're posting about reviewing books. Yeah. And your mom's friend.
2: Yeah, our family friend. She said, you should start a book club. And um, it was May when the, um, it was May 2020, and you know, the pandemic. You have three reviews. I have three?
0: Sorry to interrupt, but yeah, you have three reviews. All five star. Can I read them? Please? Okay. Okay. So, Ronnie Nieto. Do
1: you know that? I don't know who that is. Shout out to
0: Ronnie. (laughs) Ronnie, All things I wanted to hear in a podcast. I I started listening Uh, with white convertibles, COVID, and Milwaukee Bucks, (gasps) mostly because I'm mentioned in it, and now it's a must listen on my drive.
1: Oh, because Ronnie... Oh, I know who that is. It's actually... um, That is the boyfriend of my stephanie stephanie's friend um who did the podcast white convertibles and the milwaukee bucks
0: i don't remember. we've done so many now i, that know. I can't remember that one all right sorry sorry ronnie but thank you for reviewing um oh someone named stephanie Kalen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> aka
0: my best friend yeah um, <laughs> informative and fun (laughs) so far this podcast is smart relatable interesting and a fun listen I highly recommend especially during this time to be able to learn new things it's great to hear about people's lives and their perspectives in honest and educational ways there's also a light hearted lightning round of questions at the end she asks her guests which are hilarious I think a lot of people will be surprised by this give it a chance
1: hey dude
0: Stephanie should review podcasts (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Stephanie if you're listening to this review podcast more <laughs> good job reviewing podcasts. <laughs>
0: uh, and this last one is like a weird uh, uh, username. I don't even know how to say it. Ashley is funny, quirky, intelligent and informative. A staple podcast to any library, any library, male and female listeners alike. Subscribe. Oh, so so look at please, that that's on iTunes I don't know if you can do it on Spotify I, don't I have think, no idea I don't think you can but on iTunes if you can rate and review us please.
1: and if you can't that's fine just download and listen and share it with your friends that's all we care about um that is literally how I found this book club was a friend shared it with me and said you should do this and so how many how did who were the first people how did you I'm so like. Yeah. How did you do this? Okay,
2: so May 2020, um, my mom's friend was like, "Just start a book club." So there was a book I Just wanted start to. A book club, book club, <laughs> <book laughs> So nobody sends out mail like I do. That's like true. so, I thought, okay, I want to do something unique. I want. I'm funny as fuck. Hello, Duh, she is. <laughs> Thank you, and um, yeah. So I. Rover mail, send out every month.
1: Can but how did you? you start? Who did you so have in the first group of people?
2: My mom <laughs> and some cousins. And then they told, it's word of mouth. Like that's how
1: small people Is anyone in the first month still part of the rovers? Jess, mother, daughter, bookworms. No I way. love you, Jess. Mother, so daughter, bookworms. Day. We love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's really cute. Okay. And then yeah. I joined in June. Yeah. so I'm from- literally a, t- a second month rover. Yeah. Second year, second month. What do? Oh, I joined in June of 2020. Yeah, yeah. I started this podcast in May of 2020, actually. So we both we both had a COVID baby. Wow congratulations congratulations (laughs) wow oh my god um so the rovers are a group of people that we can only have a hundred because of zoom Mm -hmm. and we do a zoom so let me explain this to you because lauren is is not going to explain her her book club in in a way that is going to be mm, like boastful um so i'll do it uh basically Each month, if it's not already predetermined, like for the month of October, Lauren gets to pick the genre because it's her fucking birthday. And in the month of December, we typically do like a holiday book. And then sometimes we can pick things like nonfiction when I get to read my favorite author and all of the rovers band against me and hate me for the rest of my life. Shout out to Jenny Lawson, who's an amazing fucking author. Sometimes we do nonfiction. Sometimes we do romance. Sometimes we do murder mystery. Um, This month, what is the book?
2: Um, this month we're reading The Younger Wife by Sally Hepworth. Hepworth! <laughs>
1: uh, really? Last month we read, what did we read?
2: What month are we?
1: March. It was the, oh, the Radium. Gr- I did I'm not, sorry. I DNF'd Non-fiction. that Nonfiction. I'm did, seeing her this DNF'd weekend at LA F-ed Book Festival. That book. That book. Oh, it was rough.
2: God. It was rough, did but it was good. Finish?
1: Exactly. Yeah. Good job. When I found the Rovers, I at thought. first I was like, did not fuck? <laughs>
0: No, no, you I, can't didn't fuck, fuck a book. You I didn't finished. fuck. I didn't fuck that book either.
1: Um, there have been some. The Sanitarium was a great. I can't wait for the. When are we doing that? By the way, the August. August. I Ooh, I'm excited. I have sent this this book club into the universe. My friend Danielle joined. I love. My her. friend Erica joined once yes. one month. Like it is word of mouth, but mm. the most amazing thing is probably watching the absolute pandemonium that has now come to fruition when you put the rover tickets on sale so for the beginning like the first year it was free all you had to do was sign up for the evite and she would send you a letter in the mail like fucking santa claus (laughs) in a different color envelope she buys rainbow envelopes so you don't know what color you're getting and it's got your name on it and you open it and there's a bookmark and there's a sticker and there's fucking confetti everywhere which is one of my favorite things I have a mason jar that I'm collecting my confetti in the letter is it rhymes and it like there's a theme is my letter up here no I keep it downstairs in my desk um, it's always a theme so April you know April showers bring me flowers and 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 uh, you dressed up as a leprechaun in our zoom meeting in March <laughs> there's always a contest we do bing book bingo sometimes sometimes it's a crossword puzzle sometimes it's a go find whatever you can find in your house um, it is one of the most interactive and amazing ways to connect with human beings through books and we all have different opinions mm-hmm. some of us really loved the book of magic so you can fuck off because it was a great book ma'am I
2: didn't really care for it though. I don't
1: give a shit <laughs> some of us love the book by Jenny Lawson Broken I didn't care for it ma'am <laughs> some of us can't stand that book about the detectives who where the kids got lost um, Last Day of Life can't do it I finished it. Can't fucking do it. (laughs) Some of us couldn't stand Radium Girls. Sorry, Chelsea. Um, And now, because this fucking thing has taken off, you are worldwide, Mm -hmm. ma'am. Where's my, uh, um, do my thing. Worldwide. Wide. Worldwide. Worldwide. Wide. 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 Worldwide. Wide. (laughs) World. Wide. World. World. Wide. 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 The Rovers are (laughs) world-wide.
2: That was so sexual.
1: I can't. And every month we have 100 spots. Mm -hmm. And they're sold out in a day. Mm -hmm. One day, yeah, gone. The spots are gone. And people are pissed. Because we have a Discord with like 300 people Mm -hmm. who vie to get these spots. And like... I couldn't get online, and, and Lauren's like, "Sorry, fucking try harder." Like, don't be in a fucking place without service. I don't know what to fucking tell you. I had a doctor <laughs> message <What>? me. <laughs>
2: She she doesn't get them in time every month, and she's like, I'm seeing patients from these times. I'm like, I'm sorry, like can't I don't know what bathroom. to tell like, you. Like I work like, in healthcare too. Like, I
1: set an alarm, and w- I work in healthcare too, motherfucker. Yeah. I wake up and get that fucking ticket. <laughs> yeah, sorry, but now because you have gotten so big, you're bigger than Reese Witherspoon. I like to think so, and your books are better. I know so. And
0: Sorry, she has a book club?
2: Oh, the
1: fuck oh. she does. I don't yeah, it's know. a great, I, just, I mean.
0: Sorry, before this, the only other book club I can think of is Oprah. Oprah. Yeah, yeah, sorry.
1: Um, you're not better than Oprah. I love Oprah. I do, too. She's great. She is. But there she go. doesn't have what we have. Mm-hmm. What are we doing in July?
2: We're going on the Rover Retreat. The Rover Retreat. In Nashville. In Nashville.
1: In Tennessee. Tennessee. Woo. We rented a mansion. Mansion. It's he a was. mansion, you guys. Mansion. It's a mansion. Banana, the pool, the freaking water slide. At, oh, oh, a fire pit. Waterfalls. Waterfalls. <gasps> We're gonna go to bookstores. Yes. We're gonna drink coffee by the pool. Oh, yeah. We have floaties in the shape of fruit. Yes. I am cooking the whole time. Oh, I'm sharing a bed with Allie, who's a snuggler. I'm yeah. really excited about so it. We're meeting Rovers from all over the country. So many different people signed mm-hmm. up to do this retreat, and it has become this group of people that we can really fucking lean on Mm -hmm. during an unexpected horrific time in our lives and we can connect through books and we don't always agree on the book but it's always a nice i especially love bingo because then i'm forced to like read other books next one (laughs) and the next time you need help with bingo you just let me know um but in honor of the book club what does that mean Oh, we do. Uh, uh, you you explain it. I'm gonna drink my Truly. So
2: the contest, it's madness. It's a readathon. So like nine squares but every single square has a prompt like read a book with water on the cover read a book that starts with an r whatever and you have so to. so if it's
1: october read a book with a black cover yeah read a book with leaves on about the cover witches or whatever. read a book about witches so
2: every bingo that you make gets your name into an entry and i do sick prizes like she book does. carts book of the
1: month subscriptions mm-hmm. brand new books mm-hmm. book puzzles mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. anything off your amazon wish list yeah literally and you didn't start charging for the book club mm-hmm. until it became a bigger deal, yeah. And you had to start paying for post. Like people were Venmoing you money, yeah. People crazy. were mailing you stamps. Yeah, here's some stamps to send the Rover mail. And then she's like, "Hey guys, I'm really sorry. I have to charge seven dollars a person for the book club." And we're like, "Get fucked." That's here's fifteen dollars. Yeah, like
0: that's back in the bank.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and still to this day, people sign up, and she buys. She has a circuit machine, and she makes stickers and she makes bookmarks and she makes shirts. I have like seven shirts by the way. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And she made a book.
2: She made a fucking sticker. What's
1: it called, Lauren? What's it called? Wait, which one? Mine. What? It's called The Ashley.
2: Oh! So it's really cute. It's a book with flowers and it says, read a fucking book. (laughs) Because... I got to applaud you, Ashley. I have never cursed so much in my life since I met you (laughs) two years ago. I swear to God. I'm at work and I'm like, this motherfucker. (laughs) And we've had meetings because (laughs) I cussed too much at a prestigious healthcare facility in Orange County. And I (laughs) forget.
0: I constantly, we go to Disneyland a lot. I constantly have to like, look to her like, shut
2: up. There
1: is children. This is the one
0: area, like let's keep the cursing down.
1: God damn it. That's my bad. Yeah. I literally have to watch myself around it's my so nieces, bad. and it's so bad. It's, like, <laughs> it's if honestly. I had a swear jar, I'd be a millionaire. Um, Wait, let's start one for the podcast. No, I'm going to be poor uh, <laughs> in honor of your amazing book club and my side hustle with my sexy fucking book club ladies, where we read about duchess and duchesses. Fucking <laughs> Lauren and I are going to take turns <clears throat> reading quotes from erotic novels. Now, producer, I'm going to need some background music. Oh, I'm sweating. <laughs> I'll go first. <laughs>
4: okay. I'll give you guys a little echo, You too. really
1: need to, like, pull it together. Her hair was piled high, but when she shook her head, It came cascading down in a glowing wave over her shoulders and fell as far as her knees. This rippling curtain did not cover her breasts, which thrust their way through it like living creatures. They were perfect rounds, white as mare's milk, tipped with ruby nipples that puckered as my gaze passed over them. Wilbur Smith, Desert God, A Novel of Ancient Egypt. I'm what? <laughs> that is not the next line! Wait. Read one! Oh!
2: <laughs> I want you sore, baby, he murmurs. And he continues a sweet, leisurely torment backward, forward. Every time you move tomorrow, I want you to be reminded that I've been here only.
1: You are
4: mine.
1: <laughs> Quickly. Without further discussion, not that some bed would have been a better choice. She has joined months of unvacuumed debris on the rug, face on the floor, ass in the air, skirt pushed up, wind dust, not exactly manicured, nails ripping methodically at sheer taupe pantyhose. It took her easily twenty minutes in sacks. Not so long to decide, and his cock was inside her with so little inconvenience that she must have been wet without knowing it. His hands... Murderer's hands are gripping her forcefully by the hips, exactly where it matters, exactly where some demonic set of nerve receptors she has only now been semi-aware of have waited to be found and used like buttons on a game controller. Impossible for her to know if it was him moving or if she was doing it herself.
2: <laughs> uh uh-huh. He puts his hands under her knees and maneuvers her carefully so that her bottom rests on the edge of the settee. He slips his fingers underneath the worn elastic of her panties Ooh. that are strung across the points of her hips. Mm. Slips them to her ankles and softly draws apart her knees and feels again a watery ardor in his eyes. As he negotiates a button and a zipper, it is exactly as he imagined it. The hair, the lips, the hole! <laughs> And he slips his hands under her wasted buttocks and enters her like a fucking
4: pile driver.
1: (laughs) Before she could do anything, he had placed a leather gag in her mouth. It didn't stop her from speaking. She could still say yellow or red. But she felt now that it was her destiny to allow this man to do whatever he wished. And there was no way she could escape now. She was naked, gagged, and handcuffed with vodka flowing through her veins rather than blood. Another slap on her buttocks. Ham!
4: <laughs> one more, one more,
2: one more. He pulled his head up from my breast and leaned up and over me. Still holding my hands captive, I twisted, arching and raw. Mm. Fuck me, you're a hot piece of ass, he muttered. I closed my eyes, trying to catch him with my hips whimpering
1: for him to take me. Last one, last one. Kiss me, he thought, anguished. Because she wasn't going to, he knew. She lightly bit his shoulder. She was lowering herself more. She was brushing her breasts across his face. He wanted to take one of her breasts into his mouth, either one, he was frantic. He wanted to get as much of her breasts into his mouth as he could. Her breasts were killing him, her blunt instruments. He had called them that, and she had laughed long ago. (laughs) (laughs) So, here's some really, really interesting facts about exotic novels. Um, Women use them for porn, and I can see why. So the Duchess series that I cheat on you with, sorry, um, is hot. I mean, it's really hot. It talks about like you know, men and women fucking lifting up skirts in fields and fucking when people are around. And what you ladies
0: just read? Does that get you guys hot? Not that. Hot?
1: I mean, I, I pulled up more of a really, joke. I, know. I really, I pulled up some pretty cheesy ones, like some pretty cheesy ones. But there, I, I did not pull up intentionally the really dirty ones because right. there's no way I could have read that. <laughs> that
0: loud. There's I, no. Way. I will admit, early on in my uh, porn. Um, Adventures, I guess, as a, as a child, trying to find it as much as I can. Oh yeah, I remember. I don't even remember where I got it from, but I remember getting like a couple pages from a porn. Oh and, yeah, and it had like chicks on it, whatever. But then there was like this, like her version of like her doing a dude, and it was like this dirty talk that I've never heard before, and it yeah. was it was hot.
1: It was <laughs> D- hot. Dirty talk is hot,
0: especially in your grandma's bathroom. <laughs> Woo. Woo. Reading some dirty smut in grandma's (laughs) bathroom.
1: The first porn I ever looked at was a book about how to have sex. And it was like. Oh, yeah.
0: Dude. uh, Nana's house.
1: Yes. Joy, joy Joy of sex.
0: Dude, I definitely jerked off to Joy of Sex.
1: Joy of Sex? <laughs>
0: the sketches? Did
1: you guys
2: know each other knew about this book? No, I didn't yeah. know you well, knew about cl- the Joy of Sex. It's a, classic, it's a classic, classic book. It's a
1: classic book. It yeah. is a classic. A um, couple other books that are classics. Seven Days in June. Ever heard about this? Yeah. No, but I want to read it in YouTube. too. Um, by the way, it's a Reese book club thing. Yeah. so. Okay. Oh, copycat. Um, No, we're not going to do that. Uh, Have you heard of While We Were Dating? No. Okay. While We Were Dating, an actress looks to be Hollywood's next big star and an advertising executive with a flirty side finds them unexpectedly falling for each other and their romance goes way beyond physical attraction. I feel like this next one we thought about doing, The Kiss Quotient. Do you remember that? No, but I think, who's it? Is it Abby Jimenez? Helen Hoang. Oh, Oh, I've heard of it. Okay. And then The Night Shift? No. No, I think we need... The night shift, a choose your own erotic fantasy dude can we like promote maybe doing an erotic novel for the book club we're doing romance in July so not romance well if ma'am. you want to make it nasty that's I on might you. fucking make it nasty this choose your own adventure with sex exploration, dude that was my idea is the book for you Fuck. an adult film actress director and author dreamed up this witty tale of a college grad named Taryn a young woman working the titular shift at a sex shop in central Florida and her nights Get as wild as you want them to.
0: I used to read R. R. L. Stein too. Goosebumps, classic. Classic. Um, I one of, some of Ooh. my favorite Goosebumps were the Choose Your Adventure ones. Fuck yeah, dude! That was huge as a kid. Yeah.
1: There's another one called Oh God. It's one from the Civil War. There it is, An Extraordinary Union, and it is <laughs> literally the front of the book is a woman running away. She looks like she's probably somebody's maid. They risked their hearts and their lives for freedom, for justice, for love. Set against the backdrop of the Civil War, Alyssa Cole's suspenseful and sexy novel follows two undercover agents who share a common cause, as well as a whole lot of chemistry in the bedroom. Um, Then there's something called Tipping the Velvet, which is an absolute classic as far as erotic novels are concerned. No, but it is a very huge classic. And Teresa Dare... For all of my sexy smutty book club followers, Teresa Dare writes probably some of the best smut I have ever read. She is the one that has written all of the Dutches and Dutch novels that we have written and read or read. And this one is called a Night to Surrender. Everything Teresa Dare writes is sexy as fuck, but the first book in her Spindle Cove series is supremely hot, following a wounded war hero eager to prove himself and his unexpected encounter with a strong-willed spinster.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy. I
1: can't. Can I make a
0: suggestion?
4: Yes. I haven't
0: read it, but I've watched the movie. It's really great. What? Choke.
4: Oh yeah.
2: Oh, was that by Chuck Palahniuk? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I
0: didn't want to say his name because I don't know how to say it. Me neither. But the movie Club. is is not Fight Club. But I'm I'm guessing the book is very you know the same kind of. I feel book.
1: like the book is probably I, very aggressive. I've heard
0: really good things about the book, but we I should like the read movie. It. I read
1: it. I Have read you all his book? Is yeah. it good?
2: Yeah. yeah. Have you I
0: seen don't the remember movie?
2: a lot of it. I think so. It's older. Sam Rockwell.
0: Old, it yeah. was kind you of one should of the.
2: Start r- reading his book. You would like those.
0: I am famously the only reading I do is net next Netflix captions. Yeah, he doesn't like books. He's not yeah. a book. book I read, person. I read scripts, that's and that's about no, it. No, it's
1: fine. He's I'm, not a book person.
0: Hey, more power, I more books it. to you, ladies. I, Ashley, I have actually a few questions for our guest. If uh, you don't I mind. don't
1: mind at all because I'm going to pull up the um the um, the poll so or the quiz, and then you,
0: question for you. Yeah. Um, did you were you part of a book club before you started this one?
2: No, 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 at, at all. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Okay. And so the way that it, well, it's really gotten big because of Bookstagram, which is Instagram but for book lovers.
1: <laughs> of course, and um, you have no idea. I, <laughs> it's, you literally I'm not, have I I no surprised. idea. People I'm do this. a Reddit page. Yeah. And oh, around. it's 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 a big it's, it's a big.
0: Huge. So you are already like a fan of that.
2: Oh. I didn't know about oh, it until. Okay. Okay we had the book club for, like, I think four months maybe, mm-hmm. and then people from Bookstagram were starting to follow. I'm like, what's Bookstagram? And like, there's a thing called Pub Day every Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I thought it was like a bar crawl and it's when books <laughs> no. get fucking published. Uh, okay. I didn't know. Oh, <laughs> Kind of like when music CDs, gets released. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised
0: it okay. hasn't, hasn't moved to Fridays like everyone else. Okay. <laughs> Next question. Um, what's you got some competition? Are you guys, do you ever look out some, because for Ashley and I, not to say that our other podcasts are competition, but that's a bad word for it, but like the people maybe a book club that's above you are you mm-hmm. looking at them like oh shit what are they doing that i'm not doing or maybe i'm doing something they're not doing like i feel really good about it or anything anything like that
2: i'm so confident in what i've created wow. like i'm really embarrassing no and but funny and like i do
0: crazy look, videos do you no. never look at anybody else and nobody to,
1: really ever goes anywhere else like people yeah. vie for these spots but like it's truly it's it's going to get it's going to like, eventually get to a point where she's quit your job, man. Yeah, hopefully. But and that's the other thing, like
2: I'm giving back so much. I for a long time I was such a bad person. Like it's not even me making up for it. It's just me wanting to share joy with people and like nobody gives out prizes every month and Mm-mm.
1: the swag and like she spends she, and before she started like she charges $7 and that's for postage.
0: Honestly, <laughs> like, and, I, I, and supplies. When you were when you were saying it costs money, I was had a dollar amount in my head and I'm like, mm, how much is that? You know. And and with that price, mm-hmm. do you
2: So it was... um,
0: What do you get with that price? Yeah. What do you get that?
2: What do you mean? Like for... What do they get? A month? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. We get to be in the box? Ashley, do you have
0: to go personally and go buy the book or does yep. she no nope. we, we buy the book okay. or
1: we buy. get the book from the library or we 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 put the book on our Kindle which can be free yeah. for a lot of people I typically don't buy the book sometimes if Lauren buys it I'll borrow it from her and I'll speed read it and <laughs> then I'll give it back to her and she mm-hmm. can read it because she reads the book in the last day of the month before <laughs> the book club meeting because she's a friggin twat <laughs> yeah um, or she, she
0: assigns a book and then doesn't read it to no last. that's oh. the thing
1: is we vote on it so oh, the gotcha. book club gets to vote on the book mm-hmm. and you don't get to vote if you don't sign up right Ah. so we pick a genre and then we all put our choices in discord and then we go put banana emoji (laughs) we go put banana or watermelon emojis on the books that we want and lauren has to go through and pick the top five books and then she sends an email and then we go vote on the book that we all want to read and then everybody finds the book and you either rent it or buy Mm. it or go to the library or do whatever the fuck you're going to do but Paying the $7 gets you the envelope. It gets you the mail. And it the gets Zoom. you in the Zoom. It gets you to be part of the discussion. We have the author come more often than not. She really? gets. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that part. Lauren emails. Every author that oh, we've ever huge. had, mm-hmm. and they come on and talk to the, us, and we get to ask them questions about the book. Oh, it's fucking amazing! And that's why we're capped at
2: 100 because yep. anything more than 100 is a webinar, I guess. But then it's just it would be like me
1: interviewing an author, and I
2: a podcast, yeah. And well, everybody, has hey, you need some be, help, yeah, <laughs> let me know.
1: No, for real. <laughs> and, and she has to pay for her Zoom because she has mm-hmm. it's more than an right. hour long, and then right. she has to pay for all the postage and all the supplies. And then it comes out of her own pocket that she buys it us It more prizes. than a hobby. It's, it's, um, it's become mm, <laughs> a job. Like, yeah. it really yeah. is a job, yeah. She has to print the stickers. She prints a book of the month sticker every oh, no. month. I've mm. seen all your Instagram
0: stories. I oh, know, yeah. yeah. It's She's a lot. She gets very excited <laughs> to, about it's the book. I get really she excited. Does. That's um, fun.
1: That so um,
0: one one more question. Ashley, mm. with the, I guess, president. What do you call yourself? She's
1: the president.
2: Forever CEO. C- Ooh, CEO. Mm.
0: She's you, president. Uh, you have the CEO here. What... In the future, would you like to see as a yeah. book club contestant? or oh, no, we're not contestant. What do you call your? <laughs> do you, Do you have names for people that Rovers or the Rovers? Oh, Rovers. okay. as um. a rover,
1: no, I think that we're doing this rover retreat, which is a beautiful... That's I, new, right? That's I, the first that's, time? It's, it's, this is the inaugural... That's awesome. This is the inaugural thing. And, and I, I am lucky that she... literally She sh- wasn't invited at first. I wasn't invited. And then all of a sudden, Lauren's like, hey, we're going to go to Nashville. Do you want to come? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, okay, you have to be part of the fucking... You have to be part of the team. And I was like, "Planning? <laughs> what do you want me to do? And she's like, I don't know. And so, and like everybody already had a job. And I'm like, what the fuck do you want me to do? And she's mm-hmm. like, just be a hype person. And I was like Hoo, 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 hoo. <laughs> let's go, everybody. Let's go to this retreat. I would say, let's figure out a way to bring more people in. Yeah. There has to be a way. I agree. There has to be a way to not cap Charge
2: it as, at $100. Man. So that and man. So it was free for like the whole year, right? And I was spending like $500 a month out of my own pocket for mm-hmm. a very long time.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: then I said, okay, it's going to be $5. And then Eventbrite was taking fees. So my profit was literally... Thirty not, cents, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't there and then I raised well, it. Have to you seven. looked into like
0: a Patreon type thing?
2: I kind of have. Yeah. Um,
0: you said you went through Eventbrite.
2: I'm using Eventbrite. Oh. And so they charge a fee, so it's yeah. It comes out to like eight thirteen, I think. But I, I get look, the full. Seven. I would
0: look at Patreon. They take a cut, but I don't think it's that much. Yeah. It's all about the community, and I mean, they have to get paid, obviously, to yeah. host yeah. your shit. But <clears throat> Ashley and I, I mean, yeah. By next year, we should try to get, do a Patreon. Yeah. I thought but
2: you guys, ha- you don't have Patreon. Uh-uh. We're, not, okay. we're not.
1: We're not nah. quite there yet. You don't to push either. it too much,
0: you know? You yeah. gotta be cool about it.
1: Yeah. be <laughs> Chill. Gotta be chill. But you're at a point where people are upset that they don't mm-hmm. get a spot. Yeah. And that's I, awesome. And I feel like you <laughs> <It's> don't like, <laughs> like
0: I can't listen to your podcast, Ashley, because too know. many people are listening to it. Like
1: that's the That'd thing. Awesome. <laughs> like that's crazy. Yeah. That's a huge deal. Laura. Yeah. like that's a really big deal. She texts us all the time. She's like, guys, there's one spot left. The I pride, the it. pride that I feel yeah. for you. It's your team. That's my team. Yeah, like I, we're going like every month we're fucking going to the world series of book clubs. Like, and everyone makes fun of me. I'm like, I'm writing this book for my book club. And they're like, you're such a fucking nerd. And I'm like, eat my ass, dude. You're fucking jealous that I have a cool ass group of friends and we read books. Fucking bite me. It is one of the coolest things I have ever been a part of. And I could not thank you more for not only creating it, but for continuing it. Because I would be devastated mm-hmm. if for any reason you couldn't do it. I would, my heart would break.
2: Oh my God, it makes me sad even thinking about Don't it. Don't even think about it. It's not even going to happen. Don't no, even think about it. Rubber. Don't even think about
0: it. I got one more last question. Um, are there any guys in this?
2: <sighs> my dad joined us last May and he made everybody cry when he did a speech. So if you want to be the second guy to join. like He doesn't so read. You can do an audiobook.
1: You could do an audio I'll write you a some clip notes. A lot of people do audio books. That's not a bad idea.
2: Some people we'll think about it. It's
1: a very wonderful community. and I'm going to tell Corey about this. Oh my God. Yes. Corey would love this. <gasps> I post it all the time on Instagram. That fool other, follows shout me. Shout out
0: to my other podcast, Host So Security, my host, Corey Stocks. He's a teacher. And is a writer, and he reads way more.
1: Than Why did tell him to join? I know, I know. 100%. I, I told my wife, sister, Liz? my sister. Oh, you would love oh Liz, Liz yeah. is amazing. Liz is the best. My sister's a librarian. I've told her to join oh. before too, but she's got a baby. So In Washington, it's right? hard. <laughs> it's a baby yes. Barry, I love the baby Barry. Um, we're gonna take one one quick, fast, super super fast break, and then we're gonna come back, and we're gonna play the sixty nine game. You have to play. I love sixty nine. Right?
4: Oh my god! Oh my god!
0: (laughs) Thank you, iTunes. I typed in "reading" and this is the first thing that came up. Thank you for that.
1: You guys don't understand. When I was a little kid, I loved this show. I was obsessed with books. This was like my jam. This
4: is so cute.
1: Reading Rainbow. Can't do anything. Come back.
4: It's in a book, a reading, a, reading a reading rainbow, a reading rainbow, a reading
1: rainbow, a reading rainbow. Hello fellow humans, this is Ashley from What's Your Position podcast. We love to educate, entertain, and enlighten our listeners and discuss all things sex, love, and life. Join us for the full frontal episodes where we learn from guests around the globe about their sex lives and experiences. Or check out our quickies where I discuss current sex topics, pump you full of statistics and fill your brain with knowledge. From masturbation to anal sex, first kisses to $5 hand jobs, we've got your sex spectrum covered. Check us out on Instagram at What's Your Position podcast and search for What's Your Position wherever you get podcasts. Stay safe Stay kind and stay sexy. Welcome back, fellow humans, fellow Ravenclaws, fellow Gryffindors, fellow Hufflepuffs, and I guess, fellow Slytherins. Uh, have you read Harry Potter? I think I stopped at book four. They were I too will chunky. literally kick you off this podcast. <laughs> Are you fucking Where's kidding me? the door? <laughs> me? I almost suggested that we read Harry Potter, like oh the whole fucking, like, shebang. You know what's so controversial now, though? I don't give a shit. It's magical. You don't know. You can't even say that. You didn't even read it all. I don't give a shit if you've seen the movies. What house are you in? Um, I'm in your house. I'm in Gryffindor. I'm in Ravenclaw. Oh,
2: I meant like I'm here in the Weller house, but um, okay.
1: Weller house. You don't know what house you've been sorted into? No. Okay. (laughs) okay. Gryffindor all day. I've been sorted numerous times into Ravenclaw, so I literally can't get out of it, even if I want to. I know
2: nothing about them.
1: Okay. (laughs) I literally cannot. Um... (laughs) <laughs> the the amount of disdain I have for the fact that you haven't read the books that sparked the hearts of millions of children. You seen the movies? Movies? Yeah, all of them. All of them. Yeah. You're good with me. Yeah. I'm good with you. I went
2: to like the midnight showings and stuff. Like when they came out,
1: I went to the midnight book releases. I'm sure you did. Okay. You want to hear a cute story? <laughs> do you want to hear a cute story before we do the sixty yes, nine game? Okay. So again, giant book nerd, right? My mm-hmm. whole life, and I passed that down to my siblings. So they're all big fat book nerds. My sister Cecily loves the Lord of the Rings, loves Harry Potter. She has tattoos all across her chest and all across her arms of quotes from books. And she has a Harry Potter tattoo and she has a Lord of the Rings tattoo. And she used to speak Elvish and she drew Mordor on her walls with pencil. my My sister Lindsay got her master's in library science. Um, loves, loves, loves books. My sister Sierra is an, she has so many books. She has like 19 shelves of books on her wall. Like she cannot get enough of, oh of reading goodness. books and she escapes through them just the same way that I do. Uh, when I went home to visit, uh, when I was like 19 years old, I <laughs> Cecily is five years younger than me and this was in like 2001 and I got the flu when I went home to visit. It sucked. And I was in bed sick. And she had been bothering me to read this book she's like, you have to read this book. It's called Harry Potter. It's about magic. And I was like, I'm not reading a fucking fantasy book about magic. (laughs) I get out of here. I was reading um, The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. It was my first Jennifer Wiener book was in 2001. And she's my babe. I love her. Shout out to Jennifer Wiener. Um, I wasn't reading mythical books. And I was too sick to move. So she read me the entire first book while I was sick in bed with the voices like did Dumbledore's voice and did Fred Dursley's voice and did Harry Potter's voice and Hermione's voice. And I was obsessed by the end of the book. So I took her second book. There three books were already out by Mm -hmm. the time she read me the first book. So I took her second book home and finished it on the plane and mailed it back to her, bought the third book. When I got home, finished that one in like a day and then the fourth book, The Goblet of Fire, was going to be released. So I flew back to Seattle and drove her to Barnes & Noble. And we waited for the midnight release of the fourth book. That's so cool. And then the movies started coming out after the fourth book. So I'd fly home and we'd go see the movies together. And then every time they would release another book, I'd go home. And we'd go to the midnight release of the books. And then I'd go home again a second time. And we'd go to the midnight release of the movies. And it was this... I don't even know if she remembers doing this, but like it was this like really beautiful, and all of us read them. My all of my siblings re- read Harry Potter, love Harry Potter. We talk about it. we we. I've given inscripted books to my nieces and nephews. That's like so cool. every time they're born, I give them one. That's just my. Go gift.
0: listen back to the crossover episode of So So Scream. Oh yes. Position where- Corey, my other host, he's a huge Harry Potter fan. It was actually the
1: first podcast I ever did.
0: That was, and they nerded the fuck. We out. nerded
1: <laughs> hard. I we just talked about, sit the there and just talk about the differences. We all talked I knew about, about the differences between the books and the movies, and like he's which movies, it, which yeah. movies were better than the books, which books were better than the movies, what they left out that we were mad about. I think He's Hufflepuff. He is a Hufflepuff. He's oh, he's Hufflepuff. for sure a Hufflepuff. Yeah, he's yeah, a yeah. precious little guy.
2: I watched the. Re- did you watch the reunion? Of course, I always watched the reunion.
0: I didn't see that.
1: Oh, buddy, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, okay uh, Getting away from Harry Potter By the way Great bring back music yeah. If I can just say so oh.
0: John Williams is always good music to come back
1: Always <laughs> Always Always um, Okay so we are going to play a little game Uh It's called the 69 game Are you familiar with it? Um, I'm familiar with the physical activity called 69 Okay great okay. So have you never listened to the podcast then So this is your first time? Um, I haven't I've been an audience member So thank you Okay so have you, have you ever heard me do the 69 game with anybody? Once Okay Sixty-nine game is where I ask you as many questions as I can in sixty-nine seconds, and you do your best to answer as many as possible. As Robert Maine, the producer, is about to fucking interrupt me and tell you, you're allowed to skip, but skipping's for losers, so don't do it. Uh, all the you have idea, to do, though, is listen. Name
0: as many as you can.
1: Just okay. name as many as you can. Just okay. answer the fucking questions as fast as you can. <laughs> okay. Robert is going to keep score. He is also going to keep time, because I can't do either while I'm sitting here and looking you in the eye and asking you about your favorite sex position. So, Lauren, CEO of the Red Rovers, dearest friend of mine, are you ready to 69? Let's do it! Do you think we are alone in the universe? No. Sun or snow? Snow. Android or iPhone? iPhone. When was your first French kiss? Oh my gosh, I was like six. Have you ever had a what the fuck? Have you ever had a one night stand? Yes. Uh, have you ever faked an orgasm? All the time. Have you ever sent nudes? Yes. Call or text? Text. Thing you're most proud of? Um, My boobs. Biggest insecurity? <laughs> my boobs. Can you drive a stick shift? Hell no. Favorite animal? Uh, monkey. Favorite plant? Um, Your plants. Do you have a name for your genitals? <laughs> my flower. Do you watch porn? I love it. Do you believe in ghosts? Yes. Do you masturbate? All the time. Would you rather be able to see or hear? here What favorite sound in the world um my voice least favorite sound in the world um an alarm clock wine or beer none captions on or off on last show you watched um what the you can pass
2: pass pass, pass. ever sorry. been to a
1: concert yes would you skydive yes top or bottom bottom do you use online dating no person you text the most you are you scared of the dark yes uh what are you thankful for you what do you order when you go out for dinner pasta. Do you like oral sex? I love it. Hugs or handshakes? Handshakes. Do you take naps? Yes. What's your sign? Uh, Libra Scorpio. Do you be- believe in it? Yes. Favorite sex position? Uh, doggy. Oh, that's it, that's no. it, that's oh it, that's my god. It. Fuck.
2: Whole-ly I don't watch TV.
0: Lee <laughs> shit.
1: How many
2: did she that get? That was bad, huh?
0: We might have a record.
2: Shut the fuck up. What's the How record, many? Ashley? It's
1: 36.
0: Okay, we have a new tie for a no record way! at 36. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, she's doing her hump yeah. dance And right she even now. had like a spot where she couldn't answer. She could have answered at least three more.
2: Wait, why didn't I say housewives on the show? I don't know. I'm sorry, I couldn't think. And I don't like the snow. What the fuck? I'm sorry. (laughs)
1: Sometimes I ask, like, I just read these fucking questions. Who Me. I add them. I, I like the
0: wine or beer after we just went. I know. Rhea, but I've, asked people, still.
1: I've asked people horrible questions I that I know I shouldn't ask them, and I can't help it because it's in the fucking questions, and yeah. I'm just reading. Well,
0: no, I'm curious, though. At your peak, was it wine or beer? Like, what was your drug of choice with, with alcohol? Vodka.
2: Vodka. It was gross, yeah.
0: Like, no, you're chasing not, anything? Just no,
2: straight no, up. I'm, just straight up. Ah.
1: can i just ask you one more question that is one of my favorites that i didn't get to would you rather be attacked by 50 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck what would you rather be attacked by 50 (laughs) duck-sized horses okay or one horse-sized duck
2: oh my god probably the first one 50 horse, I duck so. sized horses? I don't like big things. Okay, I don't like big
1: things. <laughs> and that's what she yeah. said. I would take that too. I don't want, I just want one duck. One duck. It's a big fucking duck. If you duck, punch though, the duck dude. in the throat, the duck's going down. Why does he have to be hostile though? Like, you I,
2: it's
0: the size of a horse. Fair. If you got a bunch of horses the size of ducks, you I just know, kick I mean, them out of the one way. One
1: duck did is you? easier than fifty horses, no Wait. matter the size.
2: You came up with this question. Yeah, like I did. What, do you remember where you were? What happened? No.
1: Oh dear. No. I literally I added some new questions. Did you notice?
0: No, I'm too busy. I hate you looking at the time and counting. I,
1: I have a lot of things going on over here. <laughs> I just come up with random questions and then add them to the pile. <laughs> Um, I've taken some questions out and added some questions in. Look, you and I had babies during COVID. Yeah. My baby is this podcast. I love it. Your baby is the, the Reed Rover, Red Rovers. God damn it. I want to call it the Reed Rover Whatever so bad. <laughs> and now we're going to go It should on. be
0: Reed Rover because it's Red Rovers too. I mean, I get well, it.
2: Oh, I got to tell them why it's pronounced red. Oh. So I have a saying. Oh. Every month you say, Red, red Rover, Rover, Red Rover, Rover the, the book, book will, will go, go over. over is.
0: Is. So it's red,
1: Ashley. Yeah, I know it Probably. is.
4: Tomatoes, tomato,
1: red rover, the rover, the book we'll go over is. <laughs> Thank you, from the bottom of my book loving, Lauren obsessed heart, for being on my podcast. I, for the longest time in the beginning of of my book club experience with you I was in awe of you and I was like there's no way I'm ever going to be this lady's friend (laughs) like there she's she's like Reese Witherspoon she's like the goddess of book clubs like I'm never going to talk to her like this is fine and then I realized I lived five minutes from you and I was like "Mm, I'm gonna make this lady my friend Because I, that's what I do, and now we are. And yeah. I show up to your house unannounced, and it's the best. I come and play with Maverick, who is the most amazing dog ever. I've Cracking. met Doctor Wallace accidentally well, while he was watching <laughs> football, and he was not pleased because I brought lots of confetti. Um, you are a gem of a human being. You are a treasure to hundreds of people, and the legacy that you're going to leave on the marks of other human beings is. Deeper than I think you'll ever understand, mm-hmm. and you you talk about wanting to make up for you know past transgressions. You have you brought human beings out of their shells during COVID, and you gave them a reason to get through the month, and you gave them something to look forward to. Reading is magic,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and it takes you places, and you have made that cool for people of all ages we have a like a 13 year old who joins the mm-hmm. reed rovers red rovers we have like an 80 year old who's in that she's coming to the fucking yeah. retreat like, Cindy. um it's it is one of the most beautiful things i've ever been a part of and your story is so magical and i'm i'm just extra thankful for you extra thank you you're welcome I love you, I love you so oh. much you be my friend forever. Forever. forever and then I'm gonna have an, an episode about um, you know consensual non-monogamy and then you're gonna figure out how to have a threesome I'm excited yeah me too <laughs> thanks for coming on uh, all you. of you please make sure that you tune in to all of our past episodes I think we're almost at 69 Robert we're almost at 69 <gasps> episodes I hear her I, I know you do your girl, my girl. we uh, want you to follow us we want you to like us we want you to talk about us go to what's your position podcast at Instagram go to what's your position podcast on Spotify on Apple podcast download like comment share with your friends please there is an episode for everyone we talk about cancel culture we talk about incels we talk about porn we talk about BDSM
0: and if you got something that you want us to talk oh about- my god is there somewhere that people can go
1: to actually? As a matter of fact, there is. I have a phone number that you can call. Please call it. 513 sex That's real. It's a real number. Not a sex line. It's not a sex line. It's my voice on the answering machine. I mean, if you
0: want to leave a sexy voicemail, I will I'm absolutely
1: not... play it on the air. Anything. Anything. You want to hear us talk about something? Let me know. You wanna be on the podcast? Let me know. We love our listeners. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you so much. Everyone remember to stay safe, stay kind, and stay
4: sexy.
1: What's Your Position podcast represents the opinions of Ashley Weller and her guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice and is intended for education and entertainment purposes only. Views and opinions expressed in the podcast are our own and do not represent that of our places of work. While we make every effort to ensure the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions, or correction of error. Stay safe, stay kind, and stay sexy. Look what you me do. Look what you
4: what you just made me do.